Hello, everyone. Once again, welcome back to episode 10. 10! We've returned. 10. Glad to be back. Little. Oh, yeah. You, like, you, guys, like, you guys like that one? It's a I good did. little 10 there. That's what we are. Episode 10 of the Dream Team Podcast. It's welcome, everyone. I am your host, Jake Schultz. Joined, as always, to my left is Zolfi Shake. What's up? What's up? And in the middle of today is Daniel Ramos. Yo, I've replaced Spencer. Yeah, Spencer's gone. We're having a we're having a difficulty getting all four of us in here, aren't we? We're busy people, man. We are busy, busy people. people. We had a nice little week break there. Uh, it was Canada Day, so you know we all had some stuff going on and had a nice little break. How you guys feeling? You guys had a nice, refreshing weekend and weekend week. I guess it was a week, wasn't it? It was a whole. Thing. Yeah, it was like a week. I mean, I just I just worked the whole time. Yeah, so, so you I, had no. I didn't break really have at a break, all. to be honest. Daniel, I just ripped Zelda Tears of the Kingdom the okay. whole time. So. How far are you now? Uh, I finished like the first like main mission, which is an accumulation of like eight missions. So I, I think I'm actually near. Actually, you know what? I don't know where I am. But Doesn't I'm, Zelda like just not really have a story, and it's kind of just like everything you do is just part of the game. But like the actual main storyline is like no, there's actually stories. Uh, no, there's actually a story. Like there's like mm-hmm. a lot of cutscenes. But the thing is, like it's not like a a linear story. Like you got to go to the places where a cutscene will show. Okay. So I might be an angry old man, but I hate that. I miss linear video games. Maybe it's my attention span. No, it's fair. But I like open, open world, world games. Yeah. Like I, I like them to a degree, but when it's like to the point where I feel exhausted or I don't want to go somewhere because I have to like spend five minutes getting there. And like yes, fast travel in games mm-hmm. helps that. But like, what's the point then? Just have it. Like you know what I mean? Like I feel like games are trying to do too much now. Like you're losing a bit of like what made the game special in the first place. I personally adore open world games is my favorite genre, but I do also very much appreciate linear story games like Uncharted or Last of Us and stuff like that. Like those are great. There's just yeah, not so. enough linear anymore. It There's feels not. like every single studio is like this needs to be open world, this needs to be open world. And it was the same thing Cyberpunk came out and it had all those issues, but everyone's like, "Oh, it's such a great game. You have to play it." And I'm like, I don't care. I just don't care. Like, play. There needs to be a balance cuz like GTA is a bit just Doing it's in between, I'd it's say. in between mm-hmm. where like it's doing just enough. Something where it's, like, like Spider Man. So Spider Man's perfect. Yeah, because like mm-hmm. that's what I was gonna bring up as an example. Spider Man is perfect because it's open world, but it's limited enough where like you can still enjoy without feeling like it's oh, not the new one. The new one's so opened you, up to yeah, like a bunch of different places. You guys bad. are talking about role playing games then. You don't really enjoy role playing games. I've never liked RPGs. Yeah, I, yeah. I just too much so, of a commitment. Like I played RuneScape a bunch as a kid, I but I focus on like RuneScape. Yeah, like I focus on like six things. That was extremely popular. I made a really sick account. Sold it to some. Like, you kids. sold it. Okay, yeah. you so sold it. Wow. I, I know someone who like is so big into RuneScape. He's like a top ten in the world, and he just refuses to sell his account. I'm like, sell your account, mm-hmm. make money. And yeah. he has like a fiance now, and he's like, no, I'm not selling it. I'm like, you could pay to this day. <laughs> hey, he still has this account. People buy. Yeah, Selfie, you were out here selling. You're an entrepreneur at like age. Zofi was ahead of the <laughs> curve. Oh, like I was literally like in like. I think still elementary school, like grade four, maybe or five, and like it wasn't for a lot. Maybe it was like ten bucks or something. <laughs> but like I sold this some kid because like I didn't I play, made profit. But I just was able to find the ways to farm money in the game. So like I was just caking it, and then I was like, all right, yeah, you can have it. Have you it's ever sold anything things. in video games before? Never, dude. I no? just grind out. What about like things, man? anything in general? Like, have you ever had something that like you built up like that and then sold it? Nothing. No, I just build them up and I go back and look at them. Think how work. proud I am of all the work I put into it. Damn. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. I'm, I'm a big video game head, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been. It's been hard for me to get into video games recently. Yes. I feel like I'm just like either overwhelmed by the amount there is 
Two, I don't care. Absolutely. And then I feel like I just when it comes down to like sitting when I'm like trying to like you know, relax from the day and everything like that. I'm like, I just, video games feels too taxing at this there's, point. Yeah, there's a lot that I, you just got to look past video games sometimes. Like Zelda's the first like big game I put a lot of effort into in a while. Other than that, I've just been playing like FIFA and stuff that you don't have to think about. Dude, you can it's been like, like such a steep decline for me. When I was a kid, I was like, obsessed with video games some of my best memories from my childhood were like playing video games like i still remember from my fourth birthday i got a sega as a kid mm. like a ps2 was like the most revolutionary thing for me and my brother mm. like it, those were such core memories but like that decline has been so rampant for me just because like you said it just feels too taxing now games are just mm-hmm. way too complicated like i played the old sly cooper video games like <laughs> i played them like six times over yeah. the uncharted series like that was one of my favorite series i was so, so proud good. of having all the games like i played them again and again like games nowadays just feel like too much of a commitment. I have like Horizon Zero Dawn, haven't finished it. Oh, dude. I have like uh, Miles Morales, like Spider Man, like I haven't finished it. Uh, God of War, I haven't finished it. Oh, like, okay. It's just these games are awesome, and I know they are. It's yeah. just they, they require so much of a like an effort to actually complete them that I'm like, I just can't. I know. I think for me, like I beat God of War and Ragnarok. Ragnarok came out, and I beat that like pretty fast but because I was really too, excited. Right? And that's that's part of the issue yeah, is yeah. that there's like there's so much open world and games that are coming out that I feel like I'm forcing myself to play when they're open world and I just don't like them. And the worst part example of that was I knew that it was Souls type. All right. I yeah. knew that it was like th- this open world you're going to die over and over again. No. Elden Ring. Oh, I messed so up. I bought Elden Ring. I bought Elden Ring the day it came out yeah, because dude. I bought into the hype with everything with like, yeah, this is Yeah, you got to commit to that game. George R. R. Martin's New World, everything like that. Guys, I played 40, 40 minutes of it and I put it down. And I haven't played it yeah, since. Yeah, I just I couldn't do it. I feel like Such a I waste borrowed of 90 dollars. I borrowed it from my cousin and I'm just like I I'm not enjoying myself. Well, you did the same with Hogwarts Legacy too, didn't you? Oh yeah, that's another one. I'm not done that yet. <laughs> I'm still I literally uh, booted it up like a couple of days. That's just how old I am. I said I booted it up uh, a couple of days ago. I did one <laughs> mission and I'm like, all right, I'm kind of done for the day. Yeah. Like my attention span. That's all I could handle. It's like, weird. I feel like I was always super like either linear or multiplayer type games because I was a huge Call of Duty Zombies guy. And, like, I had actually had a YouTube channel in the past before where I did just zombies. And I actually had a lot of subscribers on there. It was kind of cool. It was kind of part of the zombies community. And then that was, like, oh, high schoolers found out. I was like, goodbye. I deleted my account. That's besides (laughs) the point. I I played, like, a ton of those games. So I think, like, to just casually play, like, Rocket League is the only one that I just basically casually play. And then 2K, I just get kicked in my ass by Mike in our program Yeah, every single time. Madden is the only one I'll casually play. Oh, you can't. No, you can't keep playing Madden. Stop, su- stop subjecting well, yourself to that terrible game. Well, it's because it's one of the only like multiplayer online games I'm kind of good at. There's no the skill to Madden, though. Well, it... There's, you can you can agree with that, that there's really not a skill. Because the it, amount of picks it, it's or pay, yeah, random stuff... Yeah, it's pay to stuff, win as much as any other sports game. There, the, When you play like the, the higher tiers, there's a little bit of skill in terms of some defense. Where, like, if, you're, sure. you're, if you're using like, a middle linebacker or like a safety. But that's about as far as it goes. Because a lot of it, like, it will be pay to win. Again, that's like any sports game. Like 2K, I'm all right. I'm not great, but like those games too. Like they're, I'm frustrated with them for a different reason. Again, the whole the whole it's pay lazy. to it's lazy. The whole pay to win scheme. They don't really innovate much. But that's a different conversation. But like, yeah, like I feel like the sweet spot of video games has been lost. Mm. And I guess some of it is to due to the innovation of it, and they're trying. Open worlds are cool, and there's a lot to them, which I like that they're doing this stuff. But it's also like. You need to have some simplicity to these games as well. Like at least, at least again, I, I might be an angry old man yelling at a cloud. I need there to be some simple moments. Daniel's but, showing us his Xbox app. Oh my god! Yeah, why, I, why? I have I have nine days, that's eighteen re- hours played of that's Elden Ring. Ridiculous. Yeah, that game was unreal. To Are me. you okay? I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I usually 
one game a year I'll put a lot of effort into. And last year was Elden Ring. This and year it's Zelda. Your girlfriend still likes you? Sometimes. <laughs> do you see her at all? I do. I Does do. she like sit and watch you and be like, why are you playing this? Sometimes she's like, get off. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Bro, nothing you, you will, agree. Like, okay. nothing will yeah, trigger me sometimes. more when like I'm playing 2K or Madden online and I'm like getting waxed or like in a frustrating game oh, and I'm God. just yelling oh. on my screen and she's like, oh, why are you playing if it's not fun? I'm like, shut up. It is fun. <laughs> it is you fun, don't get it. You, you don't, don't understand it. It gaming just, culture. This one moment isn't fun, but when I'm winning, it's fun. So shut up. <laughs> Daniel, in comparison, I played nine days of Rocket League over the, like the eight years it's been alive. You played nine days last year alone. I don't think I yeah, put in that much time into a video game in like five years. I got a, what do I have in... I will go back another Ratchet time. Ratchet and Clank was the last video game I think I finished. You played Rift Apart? Yeah. Oh, so good. Fantastic. So Because that, that was one of the things. It was nostalgic for me. It's shorter. It's shorter. It's linear. It's a, a series of games that like are from my childhood that I played with my cousins all the time. Yeah. Like me and my cousin would like speed run Ratchet Deadlock back in the day. Like, yeah. We'd be done it in like four hours. Like that was what our like fun was. And the, the Rift Apart was like so similar to that. So like I feel like you need some more of those, those games. Are, I like those games, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the last game I fully completed was Last of Us Part 1. And that's again a linear game. Yeah. So I guess it and just. And it depends. has like it's not open world, but it has a bit of like an exploration to oh, it. The second mm-hmm. one's more open world, and yeah, that's why I haven't yeah. played it yet. Which I don't know if that's a sin or not. I haven't played the last. I watched. Of part I two. watched like a playthrough of the. Second oh, I know. One. I know what happens. Yeah. Don't worry. I, I watched the HBO show. I, I know what happens in part two. I know yeah. about the golf club. If you don't know what happens at this point, I don't it's have a PlayStation. I have the Xbox. You app you probably know Brother, what's happened. There's YouTube, man. I, well, oh, did you watch to. The Last of Us? Yeah, I watched the first season. But do you know what happens in season two? I have a speculation. Okay, so my you, favorite actor might die. Yeah, okay. So, so yeah. your speculation is probably is, correct. Yep. <sighs> By the way, I have 19 days played in Rocket League. You're ridiculous. Oh God, hey, I've been playing since launch, and you still haven't played with me yet. Well, I, I haven't played in like a year or so, that's, but that's I was playing that's since. Definitely makes me feel more inferior as a human than playing Rocket League. I don't know how I still suck it. after it's, all. There's no, yeah. you said you were platinum. Yeah, but that's that's not that good. <laughs> Je- yeah. It's pretty good. No, look, bro, Je- he's probably silver. I'm not grand champion. I, I don't know what is what's lower. What's the lowest? I'm probably that bronze. Uh, bronze. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably less than bronze. Uh, Jess's brother, like he plays Rocket League like crazy, and he's like platinum <laughs> as well. And I was saying like, oh, that's so sick. And he's like, no, 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 you have to watch. He showed me like highlights of like pro players. Yeah, dude. And that stuff is ridiculous. Like what they do. The that's skill insane. gap in Rocket League is it's ridiculous. Wild. They, like it, your rankings are actually very accurate. From plat to diamond is like such a stark difference. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Wait, is diamond higher? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I was diamond one. I made it to the, okay, whatever the see, higher flat. one. I made it to the lowest tier of that plat okay but like every season it feels like they just kind of like up it so it's like if you're plat you're technically a gold or they down it so like the the, the levels get yeah down. your rankings yeah so if i'm a plat i'm basically a gold daniel's probably just like triple the uh, better than all of us at this game and oh. I, he refuses to show me actually no we did play once we did play one time yeah and you were terrible well i hadn't played in like over here you get rusty but you saw my aerials i was you know i still it's had got, it bro. i was like riding a bike bro this is all just like lost words to me well, I, you're I don't old play. yeah i don't play Rocket How old are you, Alfie? 25. You're like I'm a year older 25. than me. I just don't play Rocket League. Are you I 97? Just, yeah. Okay. 98. I just, like, again, I'm, I'm an old Wait. man yelling at the clouds. Like, I want straightforward games. You're 25 and you're 97, so you're turning 26. Yeah, my birthday's in August. And then you're month. turning 25. So you're 20. 24 right now. You just said you were 25. No. I'm turning 25 this oh. year. Yeah. Uh, you confuse because that confused me because I'm like I just turned 24, but I get, that makes sense. 99, there 98, 97. Look at us. We're a bunch of old geezers. And then yeah. Spencer's even older. Isn't he 96? Is he 96? 
Yeah, so <laughs> we, we like cover all the regions. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Where is it? We, we knew what we were doing when we started all this right. podcast. Anyways, let's yeah, get off get video it. game talk. We, we talked 12 viewers. minutes about video games. If that didn't I'm sure kill, there's people out there who will enjoy that. There absolutely will. All right. People like me. On our break, we had a lot happening in the NBA. Great time for a break, guys. Uh, the NBA free agency has started. It's basically done. All, all the key guys have settled. Before we get into key, all the key stuff, we got to talk about what happens in Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. And I hate to say we told you so, Portland, but here it is. Damian Lillard took the week to decide what he wants to do, and he said, yeah, no, I'm out of here. After Portland did, in fact, keep their pick, picked Scoot Henderson at number three. And all we keep hearing now is Damian Lillard wants to go to Miami. And he just Miami. Just Miami. And Portland is not having it. Portland's saying, we are not going to listen to Dame, and we are going to do what we think is best for our team and take Dame wherever we go. So I guess Bradley Beal's probably laughing at the, his fact that he had a no-trade clause <laughs> and could have a decision factor. First of all, let's just have initial reactions to Damian requesting his trade. Look, you, you said it. When they made the pick, we thought this was probably going to be the outcome, and it is what happened. I think when you make that draft pick of Scoot Henderson, who's obviously the right pick if you were going to make the pick, it's just that the direction of this team is so muddied. I just don't see a, con- a contending future for Portland where they are right now. They re-signed Jeremy Grant to a monster deal. He's apparently boys with Dame, and maybe that played a role in it as a way of trying to keep Dame. But like now they've kind of put themselves in an even crazier situation with that. But I think, yeah, like I understand why Dame wants to go. I don't think this will tarnish his legacy with Portland at all because he's obviously been their franchise's best player. Yeah. So I think... Portland has a lot of work to do here. In terms of the whole, like, we're not going to acquiesce to Dame and trade him where we want to go, part of me respects it because you don't want to lose all your leverage because if you're just like, hey, we're going to work with Dame and get him to Miami, well, then Miami is like, we're not going to give you anything. We're just going to trade him for whatever it takes to match salaries because why would they when you know you have all the leverage? It's their way of trying to at least, I guess, not instill fear in Miami, but to show Miami as well that, like, hey, you better up your offer. Yeah. Because, like, at the end of the day, if Miami came to Portland with a good offer, this deal would have been done by now. Mm-hmm. Because obviously Dame wants it. Obviously Portland's willing to trade him. So the deal would have happened by now if it was a good deal. Well, but that's clearly, what all the reports are saying is that yeah. Portland hated what Miami offered exactly. to them. And that is Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero has basically all but confirmed that he's part of this deal. Yeah, and, like, yeah, Tyler Hero quite... Honestly, doesn't make a lot of sense for Portland. No, they're looking for a third. You team have a, you have a perimeter. Off. You have an Anthony Simons guy like him that's cheaper under contract. So why do you want a guy like Tyler Hero on this team? Like, I'm not saying he's not good. I'm saying I just don't understand why he would make sense for Portland to take, especially because you're you're probably looking back for young assets in return to uh, build around with Shaden Sharp and um, no, Scoot Henderson. It, it makes no Absolutely. sense having him back. So yeah, like I don't know. There's I. Th- if I'm Portland, I probably try to just get the best offer. I don't this idea that like all oh, players aren't going to want to go there is ridiculous. Like players barely want to go to Portland in the first place. They're not a free agent destination, so I don't think this is going to hurt them much more than it already is if they don't mm-hmm. trade Dame where he wants to go. Yeah. Like no, who here remembers Kawhi being traded to Toronto and people are like, oh, it's going to look bad for the Spurs. They didn't listen to Kawhi and help him. Does anyone say that? No. You no eventually just that. forget. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. People aren't going to hold this against Portland in the future. So I think they should just take the best deal, whatever it is. But I think this is also a situation that probably could have been avoided if they just traded either Dame or the pick before the draft happened. Yeah. I don't even think that ever looked bad on the Spurs, to be honest. Exactly. That was just that a way. whole weird situation yeah, where it felt, both sides felt like the other wasn't listening to each other. Mm-hmm. And I think there's yeah. truth in both sides. But obviously, as we've seen, as Kawhi's career has unfolded, he is hurt. 
He very clearly yeah. was well, like the, the, the conversation was like Kawhi was like saying, I want to be traded to an L.A. team. And then people were like, oh, yeah, look, the Spurs were petty and they traded him the furthest way away from L.A. to Toronto. Yeah, like, I don't ha, think that ha, was ha. it. They oh, yeah, got yeah. DeRozan back. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. But they, it's that idea that like, oh, will people look at the Spurs as like a petty organization? I don't think anyone, people might look at the, the Portland Trailblazers as petty for not trading Dame to Miami, but I think it'll be forgotten very quickly. So I don't think they need to worry about that. The Jermaine Grant aspect to all this is so hilarious because he signed a day before like five years 160 million first of all what are you doing i'm sorry it's that the, is a horrible contract years man five years five yeah, years 33 or 34 when his last two years are there that's for a role player it's tough man that th- yeah. this is showing what the nba is turning into which is going to be heavy contracts and it was a theme that we saw this year with especially with rookie extensions god forbid we're going to get to that a little bit later I, do you think a part of it happened that Dame went, okay, get your get your bag, like go get your money to Jermaine, and then he was like, okay, now now I'll leave. Like he um, helped his boy get his bag, and then he was just like, see you later. So Sean uh, Hyken, I think that's how you say his name, was on the uh, the Raptors show podcast uh, two days ago or yesterday. I can't remember exactly, but uh, he's been covering the Blazers for like twenty plus years, mm. and he said it's been sorted out for months. Um, the grant extension? Yeah, they just huh. they just didn't announce it. I don't know if it's coincidence. Am I the only one that think that's more of a red flag? Yeah, that's you worse. you wanted to commit to Jeremy Grant for five years, 160? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Apparently, these teams, like, legit, like, have these agreed upon for months, and then they just don't Well, yeah, they can't, because they have to, to technically wait till the start of free agency. Was Grant, like, right at the start of free agency, though? Or was it? Yeah, it was pretty quick. It's basically right off the okay, bat. I so, think it was within the yeah. first 10 minutes. So, yeah, so, I don't know. Maybe... Dame waited. I don't know, but like this guy who's been covering them for years, clearly a very reliable source, uh, said that it was agreed upon for months. So I'm not trying to say Dame like kind of screwed Portland if he was like, oh hey, sign Jeremy and then it'll help your chances with me. But like again, they're apparently boys, and mm. I could very well see if Dame helped his boy get a bag, and then yep. all of a sudden be like to Portland, yeah, never mind, I'm leaving anyway. Yeah, that's possible too. Yeah, and no don't doubt. get it wrong, Jeremy Grant's great. He's a good player. He's a good player. He's, He's probably just not worth 160 million. No, it's a lot of money. So it, it's a lot, lot to pay for a guy money, who's probably a uh, number three on a championship team at most. So there's been this thing that's been built up a whole day by Daniel. And it's kind of leverage off, do we think it's going to be Miami or do we think it's going to be another team? I guess we'll go around first and mention that before I listen to this. I haven't looked at this trade. It's posted in our document. <laughs> yeah. I'm scared to look at it because he's been laughing about it the whole time. It is a maniacal me. trade. So I, I think... It'll be Miami. I think it's just smoke screen. I think that it's them trying to scare Miami into upping their deal a little bit more. Hopefully, trying to find that third team to get put Tyler Hero elsewhere. I think San Antonio is the going to be the saving grace coming in there and swooping in, being that third team, sending Tyler really? Hero to San Antonio. Interesting. I don't mind that. Exactly. I don't mind it either. Actually, I think that'd be. They, really they're going to need a team that's willing. It's to not just, getting done with just the yeah. two of them. They're they're going to need no, a team not. to join in to kind of be rewarded with a bunch of assets and taking on some like shitty contracts to make this the easiest thing for Miami and um, uh, Portland. Like you said, if if it's a San Antonio, it could be like an Orlando or something. I don't know. Just a team that can take on the assets of like picks and then probably take on a shitty contract or two. Swear word. Oh yeah, my bad. <laughs> I think I, think, I don't, I don't know. Contract or two. I don't know this stuff, but I'm pretty sure you're allowed one swear word, and it's still technically PG. Fair enough. That is probably I think the safest swear word to use. I that is definitely the safest one. Uh, there's probably be one other one that you can use. Oh crap! Yeah, there you go. He said the he, C word. 
I'm just I, I don't count crap. I don't count crap as it. No, it's definitely word. not. But we, we already hit our one, so I can't say it just in case. You know, like then it pushes us past. Ah, fair. But that also tracks for our episodes. I feel like there's like once an episode yeah, one I'm, of us throws that word out there. I'm also pretty sure I'm basing it off of American TV, so don't quote me on that. Like, <laughs> well, Americans are a lot more stingy with their guides. <laughs> they are. They are. So, anyways, hoops. We're getting real off topic yeah. today. The best. So, you guys man. think Miami? You think that's? I think it's definitely Miami. Uh, I think this. Uh, trade okay. request right, was just get easily into it. just just no. I think the trade me. request was very much. We all saw it coming. Like they drafted. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a good situation for Dame to win a chip. Obviously, he was going to leave, and I think they're both trying to be as careful as possible to make sure that the relationship is not. It soured. already feels yeah. like it's going in a bad I divorce find, way, like, though. Before Dame gets into trade thing, I do find it funny that every like not every but like almost all NBA fans seems to be on board with the idea of Dame leaving and going to Miami Heat mm-hmm. a team that was just in the finals I'm not saying it's the same thing as the KD thing it's we, not we know it's not no. but like it it's similar in the sense that like it's a star player one of the best mm-hmm. in the league going to a team that was just in the finals but it just shows how like people make the narratives and fans make the narratives based on how much they like a situation or a player like it really doesn't matter in the sense that like I'm rambling a little bit but Dame going to championship team are a finalist uh, a year after they were there and putting them over the top isn't super, super different than like KD going to the Warriors and putting a team over the top that lost in the finals. I get it. It's a 73-win team. Versus an eight seed. Yeah, an eight seed that went to the finals. They clearly, sure, their record but it's wasn't still in the finals talent. like what, three years ago? So they've been yeah, in the finals they, twice in the past They're a team that years. has been to the conference finals multiple times. It's in also the, Miami. Like This is nothing new. Miami is a, f- a free agent talent-driven destination. Exactly. Everyone wants to go. There's no taxes. It's exactly. Everyone wants to go that's what just I mean. to get People the like Damian Lillard, so they're not going to be hating on Damian Lillard for making this decision. Yeah. Kevin Durant spent nine years rotting in OKC with Russell Westbrook, and then he went and made a decision the same way. And because was it fans, nine years? Yeah, it was nine years. That feels so much longer than I thought. Yeah, wow. so that, nine that years. doesn't feel right to me. I, I saw it like early today. It's nine years. He's uh, really? Because today was the anniversary of when he signed with the Warriors. Wow. I think that's, that's a fair so parallel, ago. by the way, though. I think yeah. that's a fair parallel. So, like, I think if people... Liked Kevin Durant more, they probably wouldn't have made such a big stink about it. Or if it's the fact that, honestly, it's probably more the fact that people hated the Warriors because they were already good that they wanted to be so upset about it. Versus with Damian Lillard and people like the Heat because of Heat culture, they're not going to be as mad about it. So I think it's like it's funny how like fans will pick and choose. It's eight seasons. All right, I just want to put that out there. It was not nine years. Fraud! Wow. I want to throw this to Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, do you know who Kevin Durant was drafted by? Uh, yeah, the Seattle. Supersonic. Okay. Supersonic. Okay. Yeah, man. I, I just thought I could throw Daniel off guard. Wow. A little bit. That's testing my ball knowledge like that, eh? I do. He has never averaged below 20 points per game in a season. It's KD, man. Same, Slim Reaper. All right, Daniel. Let's get into this. Oh, shoot. I'm so nervous to hear what this thing oh. like. He's been same aside me right. all day, just being like, you're going to hate this. So, all right. So, lay it on me. Before I get into it, fans of these teams, trades suck. I'm not an expert. I feel like the Charlie Day meme where he is like <laughs> bloodshot eyes pointing at the board with all the strings. That's what I feel like doing this. Are you just covering your ass right now? Is that what Absolutely. Because don't roast me, people, okay? It's a fun trade. Some teams might say no, but. Anyways. And Zolfi has seen this clarification. Yeah, so I'm the only it. one in here. I will that has give not. him credit that it is, it is impressive that he put this together. It is chaotic, but there are Very parts chaotic. of it that make he, sense. He, what he looked like in class was the Walter White gif of him dropping chemicals into the thing, just cooking. <laughs> like Someone's that's what he looks like. He, all like for an hour, he was just playing with the trade machine. I literally just kept, stop showing it to me because he's trying, trying to show me so it. So fun. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay, so it's a four-team trade. Yeah. It has the Miami Heat, of course, the Portland Trailblazers, all right, 
the Toronto Raptors. Oh, God, I already hate it. And the Utah Jazz. <laughs> Why? You got to hear it out. Hear it out. All right. Oh, God. Go team what by team. Go team by team. Go team by team. I'll what start with do? the Heat. For, I'll go with the biggest blockbusters first. I'll start with the Heat first. They get not Damian. No, I'm kidding. They get Damian <laughs> Lillard and Colin Sexton. Okay. The Blazers get Kyle Lowry, OG Anunobi. No. Taylor Horton Tucker. Hear him out. Hear him out. Kevin Love. Nikolai Jovic. Three first-round draft picks, one from the Jazz, two from the Heat, and a second-round pick from the Heat. What did you do? The Raptors get... He broke the system. Anthony Simons, Chris Dunn, and two second-round picks, one from Portland, one from the Utah Jazz. And the Utah Jazz get (laughs) Tyler Hero. What just came out of your mouth there? The Utah Jazz get Tyler Hero, Malachi Flynn, Joey Scamp, and Jabari Walker. What did you do? What is that? I cooked is what I did. What? Uh, Where did I mean, any of this come from? Cook. Can okay. I okay, do you want to keep explaining further or like I already have one <laughs> thing I have to yes. actually there's a, like well, eight things I have to say. You guys can give me your reactions and then I'll go through my thought process after. Okay. Um <laughs> Jake, let's hear him now. You're, you're Chris going done? Yeah, bro. Come I, on, I, I man. Look, he wanted Chris it's an expiring And the Raptors get two second round picks. They don't mm-hmm. even get a first for Anthony for OG and OG's getting sent out. Yes. Are you kidding me? This is, no. I was saying this to Daniel earlier where, like, if you base it on what the front office of the Raptors would do, this doesn't make as much sense because yeah. we know how much they value OG. But, like, if I look at what they gave what they gave away in this whole package, it was basically they gave away OG Ananobi, Malachi Flynn, and Joe Wieskamp. That's all they sent out. And they got back Anthony Simons, who's under contract control, and two second-round picks. Is it a great haul? No, I'm not counting Chris Dunn. He's a one-year. He's an expiring contract. <laughs> it's OG also Chris Anna- Dunn. <laughs> yeah, he's not very good. Uh, OG Ananobi, again, it's a lot to give up per se, but like Dan was mentioning this, that like he's probably going to decline his player option. He will and decline that. He's not likely to be gone, but there's a good chance that he can leave, and the Raptors just came off of letting Fred Van Vliet go for nothing. Mm-hmm. So, Spoilers. Okay. Well, if it's a spoiler <laughs> for you, then you're just not paying attention. Uh, but, yeah, so like – Getting, I think if you if the Raptors value Anthony Simons, this isn't the worst or most groundbreaking things to give up. Which I remember uh, when I first looked at it, I asked myself, I'm like, why would you give up OG or that much for uh, Anthony Simons? And then I looked at what the Raptors gave up. It's not really groundbreaking stuff. Again, if you if you're a Maasai, he probably doesn't do this because he wants like no. 18 first round picks for OG and Anobi. Mm-hmm. But like realistically, this is something that I could see. <laughs> just went my, I just where, realized what you just said. There. Yeah. Like, it, it could be in the realm of possibility uh, of a trade like this going down. Sure. So let's hear your thoughts, Jake. Okay. First of all, are you assuming Kevin Love is re-signing? Is that what you're doing? Because Kevin Love is still a free yes. agent. Yes, I am. I don't oh, think... he signed, didn't he? No. I'm almost positive Kevin Love's re-signed. Oh, no. It says he has two years. Yeah, two he's years, re-signed. Oh, he did re-sign. Yeah. yeah. So that that must have been recent. I guess I didn't see that. Yeah, it was in, like, the day two or something of free agency. It was, it was like, not early, but it wasn't, like, super late either. So Portland got a haul with this. Kyle Lowry, I'm assuming, is getting, is getting bought out. Probably. In that mindset. Uh, the fact that you threw Taylor Horton Tucker in with Kyle Lowry in a trade is hilarious because those two were inseparable for the am- longest amount of time. All the rumors. I bet you were giggling a little bit when you did I that. I was. I very much was. I, as a Raptors fan, I hate it. <laughs> Just straight up, I hate it. <laughs> call me biased, call me whatever. I think that's way too little for OG Ananobi. I know that Simons is the guy that everyone is saying is going to get traded, but also it doesn't look like anyone wants Simons. Have we thought of that? Like I think it a doesn't. Lot of teams. I don't think that's true because no one has. Ba- We've heard nothing about Simons. We just heard that his name has been on the 
the chopping block for a while now, and no one has come calling for him. I think Simons is similar to Tyler Hero in the sense that, like, teams know there's value there, but Portland slash Miami will keep him unless a deal needs to be made because every team knows that if there's a deal, their money is the one that's going to make the deal happen. So it's yeah. like it's not like that Portland wants to really give up Simons. It's just that they know if they want to make a blockbuster move that he just has to be there. Fair enough. I think the biggest winner is obviously Portland in this trade. The Heat get Colin Sexton too for fun. Why yeah, not? like they I need a guard. A great, they need a point great, guard. Yeah, it's a great another uh, player to have for sure. Did he get injured last year again? He did deal with some I injury, think, but yeah. it wasn't like horrible. Uh, I like the Jazz's haul, even though you threw Flynn and Wieskamp in there, and people were just like, ah, it's not. I mean, it, but Flynn, how many times have we seen that some guy on the Raptors will go off to a different team and then he'll play better? Yeah. And I think that'll probably happen yeah. with. I kind of see the Jazz just doing Flynn. this trade for Tyler Hero and then a bunch of. Well, of course, much, yeah. of course, yeah, but I like I like Hero getting like coming back. I know we've been har- harsh on him on this podcast. That's what I'm saying. But I think Hero with the Jazz makes sense in their timeline, especially what they're trying to build a younger core. I, I as the Raptors, they're getting the short end of the stick. Like, and you think so? Saying that to three Raptors friends is aggressive by you, as you're wearing a Raptor shirt. <laughs> so I, I don't know how you conjured this up and thought that like. So, I do, but I, but at the same time, it is impressive that you're able to make this yeah. work. I do think the the Jazz are giving up a bit much in this. They're giving up what, a first round pick, Taylor Horn and Tucker, who they think is a young, promising player, and Colin Sexton, who's contract controlled. Oh, I didn't even see the first round pick. And a Jazz. second and two. Se- mm-hmm. uh, sorry, a second round pick, a first round pick, Colin Sexton, T- Taylor Horn and Th- Tucker, Jesus, and Chris <laughs> Dunn. It's a mouthful. So they're giving up like five pieces mm-hmm. for basically Tyler Hero and a bunch of nothing. Like, I'm sorry, Malachi Flynn, Joe Wieskam, Jabari Walker, like you're probably not doing much on this team. Yeah, I actually don't think the Raptors would be the first to say no to this. I think the Utah Jazz would be the first to say no to this. Okay, um, here's my thought process. Let me go to my notes. Okay. He's got notes, everyone. All right. So, number one, with this trade, all the teams stay under the luxury tax, except for the Miami Heat. Um... I figured they're trading for Dame. This would be a, you know, make or break year, in my opinion. Actually, not really, because... They got a couple years. They have a few years. But regardless, I figured this would be the year they're like, you know what, let's just go all in. They're okay with being in the luxury tax. This gets every other team out of the luxury tax, by a good bit, by the way. Um, Secondly, I don't think OG is going to play another game in a Raptors jersey. As much as I'd love to, he's one of my favorite players to watch. I think he's gone. Um, and I don't want to lose him for nothing the way that we just lost Fred. Even with Fred leaving, you think that OG is the one that's most likely to get moved? Yeah, I do. I think he probably has the most value. He, yeah, he has right the most now. value. It's absurd to me. but Anyways, I think he's going to decline his player option, so I actually don't think you're trading for a two-year player in OG. You're trading for one year okay. in the hopes of re-signing him, so I don't think he has as much value as... Uh, you know, Masai might say. Uh, plus, you're getting Anthony Simons back, so you're getting a, a really good player back. And he, he loves those second-round draft picks, so you're getting two two second-round draft picks back. Okay? He will definitely decline his player options, so it's it's a one-season thing. It's just the lack of the first round that's killing me, I think. For the and that's Raptors. fair. I just I couldn't work anything out where we got a first round back. So Sorry, where the Raptors got <laughs> one back. Um Confirmed reports that the Jazz do not really value Colin Sexton, which is why I figured they'd actually be okay with giving him up. Okay. Um, I can't remember who exactly reported that, but it they are shopping him, and they don't value him as a long-term asset. Yeah, he's been on the trade block for a bit. Yeah. Um, obviously, Dame wants to go to the Heat, so 
this is a great way to do that. And like we said earlier, it's confirmed that Tyler Hero is very aware that in any Dame trade, he will be the main piece. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those those are my thoughts. I feel like it's not as insane as it initially came out as. You explained it well. Yeah. It's just as soon as you said Chris Dunn, you lost me. Well, but I figured it, it we makes could sense get more guards out. When you say four-team trade, it's it's definitely going to already be convoluted because right, of four teams. Yeah. But like for a four-team trade, there is some sense to be made from it. Do I think this is the one that's going to happen? Hell no. no. I don't but, think so. Yeah, like it's fun. I think it's a fun thing, and like it just shows you can have a lot of fun in the trade machine. People should do it. Yeah, <laughs> I've, honestly, the people should do scary. it. I, I Dude, look I at it and I'm just like, I don't want to touch that. I was like, where do I start? So I just started with Dame on Heat and uh, Hero on Jazz. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I decided on Jazz. I think I was just looking for a tanking team as the fourth team. You know who else I could see in there possibly as a third team? Cleveland. Yeah? Really? Yeah. Trading for a wing because they don't have- Trading away Garland. Oh, trading for OG. Trading away Garland. Oh, what about Garland for OG? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, because they, yeah. they do not have a wing that can guard a star player. Yep. Just going to put that out there. OG would be the perfect player for that team. I could see it. Garland going to the Raptors. Imagine that. Do I need to cook up on the trade machine again? That would be. <laughs> I come could back to us with. Come back to us with. I them, might have with one to. Of those. It's interesting food for thought because now that the Raptors are point guardless, you get a point guard in there. A really good one at that, that and a, an amazing shooter. Helps yeah. the team out. Makes it helps your starting lineup. We'll get a bit more into the Raptors, Daniel. For your first one. I think he did all right. It I, wasn't that I was bad, a, right? I was a little. Let's give grades. Let's give grades. I was a little. Yeah, I, give me a give me a grade here. I'll give you a C. Right, <laughs> he just said I did good. Oh, here's a C. He went for my. You did great. I hope you don't have kids. Great. God, yeah, dad, you're gonna be a hard dad. No, I'll go, I'll go C plus. Wow. Okay. You, you know. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm giving it a B minus. Okay, so Ooh. me and Zolfi are on the same wavelength. Yeah, I'm all giving right. it. I was gonna say B plus, but looking back, I think it's a lot for the Jazz. It is and, a lot for the Jazz. Uh, the Raptors getting Simons is cool, but it's it's very Gary Trent Jr. esque, and they've already committed to Gary Trent Jr. So like paying similar money for a similar player when they're gonna have to split role and minutes and stuff could be a bit pro problematic. So well, a little bit for that. Simons a primary ball handler. Yeah, more than Gary, definitely can play make more. I still don't consider him a point guard in my That's opinion. Fair. That's fair. So I I think there will be some. Not clashing, but some working out there if they got mm -hmm. uh, Anthony Simons. So for that, I'm going to go down to a B minus. But I still think overall it, it does answer a lot of the questions that you'd want. I just really want to see Dame on the Heat, man. Can you imagine It'll be fun. how much easier it would be for Jimmy if he had an offensive player like Dame, man? It'll like Jimmy, Bam, Dame. and... Dame is a it's an it's a sexy top three, insane trio. Yeah. Like, the only one not sold. On, I think it'll be yeah. fun. I it'll think it'll be, be really good. I, I think they'll be good. I think it's going to be similar to great. some other situations. They're giving up a lot of, a lot of their these guys just high five. I don't try that again. Yeah. Uh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. I heard noise yeah. that time. Look, they're they've lost a lot of their key pieces from this championship they have. run. Right. Are this finals run? Max Truce is gone. Gabe Vincent is gone. Like uh, they they've said they want to keep Caleb Martin, but then if you lose Tyler Hero and uh, whoever else in this, Kyle Lowry is probably going to be gone in the situation, and maybe Kevin Love is traded just to match salaries. But maybe he stays. Sure, he stays. But like, you're very top heavy, and I get it. Dame, Bam, and Jimmy complement each other perfectly, but we've learned in many situations recently that three players just isn't enough. You need to yeah. have good quality role players around you. So. I I don't know. I, I can I see it working in an East that's I believe top heavy. Yes, but am I sold that I'm gonna be willing to bet them as a favorite for a championship? No, I still would take Denver over them. I'd like to make it known that 
this tray that I cooked up leaves the Heat with a solid nine-man rotation. Just going to put that out there. Yeah, they're playing a playoff rotation for 82 games. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. The, the the rest of the team, we don't talk about it. But for the playoffs, they have a solid nine-man rotation. And Dame has an injury history. He does. He does. You know what I mean? Like, so does Jimmy. But it's still Damian Lillard. Yeah, absolutely. Don't get me wrong. I think this team will be fun. But like I said, if I had to pick a favorite, I'm still picking the Denver Nuggets over them. All right. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's fair. That's totally fair. Let's move on to free agency. Big first day there. A lot of tra- a lot of the agents signing within the first like ten minutes. It felt like, and a lot of them were staying the same. Yeah, not too much movement early on. No, all the rumors of Kyrie Irving going, always oh, going to talk to other teams. That ah, he signed back with Dallas immediately. Cam Johnson staying back. Kyle Kuzma, re-signing. Surprising to me. Chris Middleton as well staying back. Draymond Green staying. A lot of names that were staying. Which one surprised out to you guys the most? In the first couple of days of free agency, obviously it's not done yet. But you know, when just Christian Wood is left, it's basically done. So, what what name stood out to you guys the most, or what teams? Let's do let's do a little bit of like a winner loser type thing. I think it'll be fun. Okay, let's go through them then. I'll give you my first winners. I think I'll do a team first of all, and then I'll do a player. So, my biggest winner overall for a team is the Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers kept everyone they wanted. Got Austin Reeves on a contract that I know people were. Mocking him upwards of like a hundred mil. Yeah, very favorable. Fifty-four, I believe, was the number he got. Fifty-six, extremely favorable. Keeping Rui Hachimura. They they kept all of the depth that they wanted, and you know, getting Cam Reddish as well. Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent Vincent coming there. Yep. So many good pieces coming back, and it makes sense because this is basically getting very close. It could be LeBron's last hurrah as the Lakers. As it's his last season in his contract, I think Rob, I love it. Yeah, I think Rob I love it for was them. smart. Where like they built this roster similarly to uh, what they had in the championship season. Well, D'Angelo Russell also stayed. Yeah, so you have a couple True. guards who can play make. You add a Gabe Vincent, who he's not Rondo, but like a playmaker, gritty type of guy. Good play. in the championship season, and then you add a, a lot of athletic wings around him. Torian Prince, uh, you know what he can do in this league. You brought back Riachamora. Austin Reeves is going to absolutely outperform that contract. Oh, which yeah. Which is going to be great. Jackson Hayes is another young athletic piece that they signed, which is going to be fun. So, And Cam Reddish is a bit of a flyer. So I think they're trying to replicate a bit of that championship season and that success. So I think that's smart. And I like it. I think I, I agree with you that they're one of the winners of the offseason. And I think they're a quiet winner. Like People like look don't realize how many people they signed. But I think <laughs> they're going to be a fun squad based on that. And I think they're definitely going to be more talented than they were this year. And they just came off the conference finals. They got yeah. swept, but they still made it there. Yeah. Well, my myself, I know I've doubted Rob Polinka a lot. Uh, I've been like, oh, he's just the Lakers. You know, like it's so easy for him. He can just sign whoever he wants. But you know what? Tipping my hat to him. Last trade deadline. Spectacular. He's had a great job. six months. Yeah, exactly. Great six this off season free agency, really good job. That Austin Reeves deal, insanely good. So tipping my hat to Rob Palinka. I also agree. I think the Lakers are the winners of this free agency. And I think in terms of players, Fred Van Vliet is the winner of individual people. Okay. I, I got Van, as the KD fan, you might be tired of hearing this. I'm all in on the Suns. They are gonna uh, that be, was a flip. They're going to be one of my favorites going into this season. I kept saying that, like, they can't do this without depth. They probably have to trade DeAndre Aiden. And I'm not saying they are an all-star, like, 
like studded lineup with the guys they signed. But they addressed their issue with depth by bringing in a bunch of quality professional role players. Mm-hmm. Guys who aren't going to be arguing, guys who aren't going to be bickering about roles and stuff like that. They are going to play their minutes well, and they're going to do a good job. They brought in Eric Gordon, the absolute perfect veteran. He can shoot. He can play. He'll probably be in their closing lineup at times. Drew Eubanks is a big uh, backup. He'll be back on DeAndre Aiden, good to take up some minutes. Damian Lee was already there with the team. He can shoot. He's had a couple moments where he can heat up. Chemezi Metu and Kita Bates the up. Again, just professionals. They're going to be in there playing their roles well. Josh Okoji is probably going to be one of the better defenders on this team, and he is a really good defender. A really good defender. And he can be out there guarding multiple roles. And then you add Katie's boy, former Toronto Raptor, Utah Watanabe, who is a knockdown shooter who Apparently. is going to get so many open looks. I still can't get over that. Knockdown shooter as soon as he leaves the I don't Raptors. think I will forget forgive Nick Nurse for that. Yeah, that's one of the things I didn't understand. Like, Utah, when he played, he was good. He can knock down shots when he needs to. He shot 40, what is it, 44% from three last season, 49% from the field. Like, he doesn't get a lot of touches, obviously, but he can make open shots, and you're going to get tons of open shots on this roster. So I am all in on the Suns and what they did, and I think they're going to be one of the most serious contenders coming out of the West. I agree. Fair. I, I mean, yeah, that was our biggest complaint was that who who the hell is playing for this team? Yeah. And they've addressed the issues. They're, they're lucky they got Okoye back because, gosh, he was there. There was a projected starting lineup, and he might not have even been there in all of everything else. I thought that was hilarious. As for losing team for me, I'm going to go with the 76ers. Hmm, interesting. They got literally no one except for Patrick Beverly. And I know what people can say about Patrick Beverly that he's quote unquote a winner, as I see, uh, as a of a playing team. Maybe sure. I don't love the addition of Patrick Beverly on the team. Don't think he adds too much to move the needle on that team. And that this is a team that just had the reigning MVP, and no one else has come to that team. That no says one. a lot, eh? And Nick Nurse does not have too much to play with on that team, I don't feel like. Especially with all the reports coming out that they aren't interested in moving Tobias Harris. That as well is a big red flag, and I have them as my biggest loser of so far at free agency. They're going to have to hope that they get something crazy back for James Harden. Yeah, James Harden requested his trade, and they apparently are in no rush to compensate that. And uh, you know uh, Daryl Morey isn't going to be in a rush unless he gets a good deal. He yeah, held he's on not to afraid ben, to wait. Yeah, Ben Simmons' deal, he waited forever and ever until yeah. he got a deal that he was happy with, which was ironically for James Harden. And now he'll probably wait until he gets a really good deal for James Harden. Can I say something? I don't know if it's controversial or not. Why does Daryl Morey get praise for valuing his players so much, but Masai Ujiri gets flack? I think it's he's a numbers guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah. Daryl Morey has. I guess he's had more work with trading superstars, which makes it easier when you're trading names like Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, James Harden, and then Ben Simmons isn't a superstar, but a much bigger name than like an OG Ananobi to casual fans, because casuals will look at an OG Ananobi and they'll be like, whoa, 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 why are you talking about him? Like he's worth three first round picks versus saying a James Harden is worth so many picks. Like it's easier for a casual fan to understand. I think it's wrong, but I think that's why. You raise a really good point that that's absolutely true, uh, that there's a disparity there, but I'm assuming that's why, because Daryl Morey has like de- dealt with names that are much bigger. That's fair. They also lost a lot of depth as well in this. They lost Jalen McDaniels, who we'll get to a little bit later, Shake Milton, yep. George Niang, 
Lost lost some good depth pieces. They're not great players, but they were their guys. Yeah, they played minutes. And really, the only if they're not going to trade Tobias, um, you you got Maxi out there, who could uh, who's apparently untouchable, by the way. Yeah, they don't want to deal him. So if you don't want to deal Tobias, you don't want to deal Maxi, and well, you know you have to deal Harden. Then what are you doing? That's that's what you're banking on Harden getting you back something. Do they have all their picks? I'm not sure. No idea. You know who's another loser? Who's that? The Hawks. They haven't done They've anything. Done nothing. They literally, literally have nothing. done nothing. You know this team needs to improve. So like, what are you doing? Are you just gonna sit back and wait and then hope that like some magical trade happens, which <laughs> we'll get to in a in a rumor? But yeah, two two fun things that I think are like not losers, but like s- like sneaky winners. The Kings. They obviously we'll talk about it later. Brought back Demontis. They re-signed Harrison Barnes, uh, Trey Lyles, and they brought in Sasha Vizenkov. He is the EuroLeague MVP. Right, Apparently, I saw that. this dude is like Clay 2.0. He shoots like 66% from the wing, which is insane. He doesn't dribble. S- sorry. Yeah, like on- 66%. Yeah, from the wing. Like he shoots like <laughs> something ridiculous. Yeah, he ain't like no the- Matt Thomas though, I'll tell you that Yeah, much. like, okay. <laughs> uh, hey, he's not 99%. Yeah, right? yeah Mr. I'm 99. Sorry. But like, dude, you added the Euro- EuroLeague is no joke of a league. And then you added that league's MVP to your roster, and I think he's going to get minutes. You got him on a, on a good commitment, too. Three years, $20 million, so a nice contract, and he's committed to the team for a couple seasons. I think he's going to fit perfectly. I think he challenges a guy like Kevin Herter. I think Kevin Herter had a down year, even though people think he's still really good, and I think he's not bad, but I think he got a little overblown. He had a down year, in my opinion, so I think this will challenge Kevin Herter, and I like him there. And my other sneaky winner is the Houston Rockets. I think that they're not going to be a competing team in the West, but they've clearly picked a direction. A lot of people are like, why are you overpaying all these people? But one, I've talked about this off the pod, there's a salary floor now with the new CBA. You have to hit 90% of that salary floor. So they have to spend some money. So you got to spend it on somebody. And if you spend it on bringing in like professionals to be part of your team and help uh, be a veteran mentor, I think that's good. Obviously, people are going to like look at Dylan Brooks and Professional say- Professional like, like Dylan Brooks. Yeah, so Dylan Brooks, he took a lot of money to rehab his contract. But hey, you say what you want about him. Those Memphis teams were good. He was they my he was my big winner for overall. He got a bag. An yeah, app for a guy that got was like, yeah, we're not burning you back after all of his behavior in the playoffs. He got a bag. And look, say yeah, say what you will about Dylan Brooks. He's a good player. Like No one is, is disrespecting his, his defense and his ability to shoot the ball. He was my big winner for that night. But, yeah, I, I get it. I think Houston, make, it makes sense, especially with having to hit the, the salary cap floor. You bring in a guy like Jeff Green as well in a one-year deal. He's going to be good, insane yeah. for, like, just mm-hmm. development. Jock Londale, who people thought were going back to the Suns, but he opted for the uh, the Rockets. Obviously, a bit of money played a role in that. Four years, $32 million. But, again, these young guys, and they have so many young guys, are going to look at some professionals to learn off of, and they might get some meaningful games towards the end of the season. No, I don't think it's going to be playoff games. But maybe, maybe, maybe some play-in game type stuff. So I think the Rockets picked a direction. They spent the money how they had to. And they made their team more relevant. I, do I think they're going to win more than like 35 games? No. but <laughs> yeah, it's Define gonna, relevant. Yeah. but More relevant than the 17 or whatever sure, games they were so, winning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, So I like it. I like that a guy like Jalen Green, Cam Whitmore, Almer Thompson, like those guys can learn from some of these guys. And I think it's going to be a good investment for them in the long run because three, four years from now when some of these big contracts are up, that's when those young guys are going to be up for their extensions and you can focus on them and be like, all right, Fred, thank you for teaching uh, – Jalen Green, bye. Dylan Brooks, thank you for uh, pretty much. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like Dylan Brooks, yeah. thank you for teaching our guys how to play defense. Yeah. All right, bye. You know what I mean? I think it's perfect timing. That yeah. actually uh, reminds me: if Shengun can't beat the defense allegations with these two guys on the team, 
I'm sorry, Zelfie. I don't know. I think he's not looking good. Dude, if you got Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet in front of you and you're still bad at defending. He's I don't young. know. Man. He's a second year player. He's gonna He's go in his third year. year. Just... Going his third year, I think he'll he'll make it work. He is special offensively. He is. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh, such an amazing passer. Yeah. But defensively, if you He's... can't figure it out with these two guys, man, you better figure I it out. I have faith. I have faith. <laughs> Got one more sneaky win for me before we move on to the big money bag in Fred Van Vliet. Dante Divincenzo. Going to the Knicks. Yeah. It was a great signing for the Knicks, reuniting with some of his boys there. The Villanova and Brunson Wildcats. and Josh Hart. They're gonna be fun to watch. And I know there's a lot of still red flag and question marks, especially around Julius Randle and how he's performed in playoffs. They're going to be better this year. Absolutely. They got I think so. great shooting. Yep. Continuity. What, what, what's the hate about it? And DiVincenzo for 50 mil for four years? It's a steal. It's not bad at all. It's really good money for it's Dante. It's a steal. All right. Fred Van Vliet. Let's talk about it. Raptors all-star point guard. One-time all-star point guard. Mm-hmm. Helped this team to their first championship in 2019 is no longer a member of the Toronto Raptors. The writing was very much on the wall all season long. Fred Van Vliet betting on himself once again, and my goodness, did it pay off. Three years, $130 million contract, the most ever for an undrafted player, and beating himself on that contract, funny enough. Yeah, Fred is gone. And with the bag, it makes a lot of sense that he is not on this team. And the term, I think, is the big key factor in that one. Yeah, that was the big thing. Like Raptors were not gonna, were not gonna match that. No, we we never had any chance. Um, I think it also speaks to the free agency market this year. Not trying to dog on Fred, but you know that's a lot of money for Fred. It was very good timing on his part to be a free agent. Very good timing, absolutely. So. I mean, hey, congrats to him, man. Glad he got the bag. Um, you know, he'll be missed. He's done a lot of great things for the organization. Uh, but I got to say, really glad the Raptors didn't drop that money on yeah, him, Yeah, this would be a completely different conversation because I feel like we've kind of already basically wrapped a bow on Fred I think with so. a lot of our past conversations on him and why we don't think that he should be a fit on this team anymore, even though there's a brief period where I gave a nice soliloquy about like, oh, should they stay? Should he not stay? Yeah, with that money and the term especially, two years I could have seen the Raptors throw something like two years, $90 million, something like that. They were, it sounds like they were getting close to offering the four years around 30, but like Fred kind of liked the timing of like three years yeah. and getting the max during those three years. Of course. Because like in those three years, he's basically making more than he would with the Raptors in the 430 range. And he can probably he'll probably be coming out as a free agent in another big like salary cap spike CBA type situation. So like knowing him, he could probably still get one more bag out of this uh, after the three years. You think so? He's gonna be thirty two. He's I he's a perimeter so. oriented player. So I think I'm not saying he's gonna get this kind of bag, but you'll probably still get a decent contract from a team. So I don't know. Like I'm I'm sad to see Fred go because it was the whole. With it seems like the Raptors picked the running back approach. If you're trying to run it back, I think he's probably one of your better options as a guard. And we'll talk about their outlook now without him. So I think that's a little disappointing. But I like that the Raptors kind of made the choice, made, took a direction, committed to it. They had a number they weren't going to pass, and they didn't pass it because Thankfully. this money actually, this money that people were like, oh, Houston's not actually going to uh, offer that. They did. Yeah. So they were like, you know what? We're going to stick to our number. We'll let Fred go. Thank you for your services. And I think I respect that out of the Raptors. The most unfortunate thing out of all this was all the vitriol around Fred for it. 
Yeah. Like, all the conversations about him as, like, a person who's apparently, quote-unquote, selfish. He's killing the vibe in the locker room. All that ridiculous nonsense around him, which I just don't think could have been true. I think that was the most unfortunate thing. I think you can be a grumpy guy because you want to win, and I think you can be tough in that sense. But to say that he's a bad person, I don't think is something any of us outside the locker room will know, ever. Yeah. And, like, from all things that we've seen from, like, I get it, like, Scotty unfollowed him right away after he signed. I'm not saying they couldn't have had beef, but I'm saying, like, for people who aren't in the situation, for, like, so many fans to come out and be like, Fred's a shitty person for any of that oh, stuff. No, oh, no, you hit our coda. Oh, Damn, I'm sorry. God, we got past yeah. two. No, the Fred thing with Scotty, I feel like there is something there, though, because we've seen it kind of on the court. Their attitude towards each other is not great. There even was the video of, like, Fred yelling at Scotty before the game started, and the okay. two of them were going into, like, a massive argument. And then there's clips of, like, Scotty clapping his hands, being like, Fred, pass me the ball, and Fred's not even looking his direction. And then Scotty, like, also the other Fred, way around. Fred misses the, the jump, and Scotty's running back angrily. Like, it, the writing was there that there's something around Fred that the locker room did not love. Whether that is in contribution to Nick Nurse, we'll never know. We'll yeah. never know any of this. That's a good point. So it's only speculation beforehand. Not looking at this season, though, Fred Van Vliet is a top 10 Raptor player of all time. Comfortably top six, in my opinion. I don't even think like it's close. Yeah, I think top six. The culture he brought, the bet on yourself, he defined this We the North era. And outside of this year, he was a beloved, beloved player on this team. That's what I mean. He had Everyone one bad loved year, him. and then people turn on him. Everyone loved him. And I'm going to miss yeah, it's him. It's a good representation of it's, fandom. No, it's not just fandom. It's Toronto fandom. I'm going to get into Toronto. I think it's Toronto. all fandom, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into Toronto fans in a bit. I'm going to rant on that. But Toronto yeah. fans aren't great either, but I think all fans eventually turn on. Yeah, but players, not after one season normally. Especially cuz like his season wasn't it was bad for him, but it wasn't as bad as like what people are making it out to be. Mm-hmm, it's cuz mm-hmm. of the whole like quote unquote beef with Scotty and the young core that oh, people yeah, yeah. turned on him a lot faster, which I think is a little ridiculous when you want to win and he was probably contributing to you being able to win more than anyone else. Like maybe Pascal contributed more, but it's close especially when he's your point guard. Right. Yeah. I am going to miss Fred. I will too. And you, as much as I see just this year in my head, I'm never going to forget the memories of Fred being so bad in the first two rounds of the series. Oh, that then, Philly series? Oh, oh, man. I wanted to – Nick Nurse, I was out for his head in that series for continuously playing Fred, but I guess it made sense because they won a championship either. Uh, that, to me, is my favorite Fred moment is him coming in and torching the Bucks and then carrying that on into the series with the Golden State Warriors. Clamping Steph Curry, Clamping Steph in game six, scoring back-to-back threes, the scream, the blood on the face. Just finals MVP vote from Hubie Brown. That's crazy. Just such character from a guy that's so short and scrappy. So short, sorry, I didn't mean to. But it's true. He is six feet tall. For NBA, absolutely. Six feet. Is he? I thought he was like 5'9". He's, he's probably like actually un- – he's not 5'9". He's like 5'11", maybe, 5'10", at most. But L- Listen, I've seen he, that guy live. I've walked past him. He's he's short. Yes, I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's probably listed at 6, but he's more like probably 5'10". Yeah. I'm going to try to walk away with good memories from Fred. Yeah. And that's what I want because the peanut butter and jam sandwiches with Pascal when the vibes were hit so oh, well. Yeah, the the champ witch. Just yeah. <laughs> I there's so many good memories from Fred Van Vliet that to just cherry pick the negatives from this year, the hero ball, the hucking, all of that is a little asinine. And I think that Raptors fans need to 
look back and hopefully welcome him back with open arms when he comes back. He's for his definitely going to get a good like crowd reaction when he returns. Hundred percent. I, I think I hope at least so. that he'll get a big like, I cheer. So. I just think again the, the ending was unfortunate. I'm curious. I'm going to give you the Raptors that I think are top six and. One, two, three to me is clear, but the four, five, six is where I think there's a conversation to be had. Okay. So Kyle Lowry, number one, yep. DeMar DeRozan, number two, Vince Carter, number three, in my opinion. People can go back and forth on Vince and DeMar. I think Vince's Raptors tenure was a little overrated, but that's a different conversation. Uh, four, five, and six for me are Chris Bosh, Pascal Siakam, and Fred Van Vliet. I don't know how to rank them. Oh, I thought you were putting Chris Bosh fourth. That's what I mean. I, oh, I thought you were doing Chris Bosh fourth. I, I would actually have like, Chris Bosh probably like. Sixth or seventh? I wouldn't even really? probably Who do you have, have him? over Chris Bosh. Well, I didn't think about it right now, but I definitely yeah, would not have him fourth or fifth. Zolfi's like, think it, I, do it. No, like, did you tell right me four or five, six again? Chris Bosh, Pascal Siakam, and Fred VanVleet. I put Pascal four. Ooh. Easily, I know. I don't think it's close. I don't think I think close. people are forgetting Chris Bosh was the only relevant thing for this Raptors team for almost a decade. But he also yeah. was playing with literally no one. But that's what I mean. He was the only good thing the Raptors had. So you could say the he same was a about... multiple-time All Star. Okay. He this this you talked about how Vince almost saved this t- team from like being sold or being thrown away. He I, did. Think, I think I think he did. I think Chris Bosh almost did the same thing with how bad these teams were. He helped Sam Mitchell win a Coach of the Year. Yeah, think about no, that. He was he was yeah. awesome, dude. I still remember going to the games and Chris Bosh is the only player. good thing on this team, the only All Star, like the only relevancy to this Raptors team, and he's probably still top ten in most statistical categories for the Raptors. And I'm not saying he's better than those other guys, but I'm saying it's been a while, so people forget how like important he really was to this franchise during that time. So like, there's an argument, but I don't think he's any lower than six. You don't have Kawhi at all in your top six. That was what I was gonna say. Where's Kawhi? <sighs> I, I know Kawhi you're has, thinking the one seat just it's just term in terms of everything else. It's but just the timing. I'm gonna remember him as a very special player, but if he's one of your top players in franchise history, sure I'll throw Kawhi in at seven. So I haven't I haven't put too much thought into it. Um I'd put Kyle. Um probably DeMar, probably Vince then. Then I'd put Kawhi fourth. Then I'd put Pascal fifth. Kawhi over Pascal is asinine. Why? Because Pascal has done way more for this franchise longevity wise than Pascal is my favorite player we've we've ever had in the franchise. I know, but he's just. But I still think, I think Pascal needs to have one or two more. Pascal was basically your second best player on that championship run for most of the run. He was, and yeah. he was, he's been a multiple time All NBA player with the Raptors. Something that All-Star. no other Raptor has done. Exactly. Yeah, I, I I'd, I'd like to see. I don't know. I just feel like accolades today are so like. Pascal needs to get a few more, and then I'll have him. I actually would put him top three, to be honest. I, I think I think if Pascal retires a Raptor, he might be top two, to be honest. Actually, he will be top two if he retires a Raptor. I think he's good enough to do that. I think there's a shot for that, yeah. I I think Kawhi is the interesting one for me because I can see why people have them in in the top five. I just think Kawhi is an anomaly, and I put him in a separate category. Yeah, I just I still think the Finals MVP and him bringing us to the chip is a really big deal, and I, that's why I have him top five for sure. I already ha- I have my top three is the same, and then I would have Siakam, and then Chris Bosh, and then Kawhi. So Fred out of your top six, you yeah, have a seven, yeah. Fair enough. Fred would just be just be around there. He's a little bit. He's closer to five than I think. Like, like se- I think seven. I think seven's a really good spot for him. I think that's the unanimous top seven, though. Whatever order doesn't matter. Yeah. that's definitely the unanimous I, top I, seven. I give like the hat tip to Fred over Kawhi because of what he's done with his team long term, mm-hmm. but. I see why people go back and forth for it. I'm just glad that Chris Bosh is still in there. Like, I I don't like that people forget Chris Bosh. He was, no, he's he a was great a, player. He was that dude. Do you think Pas- Pascal is better than Chris Bosh was? Talent wise, 
just with his Raptors well, talent wise is a different yeah, conversation. No, we're not talking, I think let's just talk like what longevity they've done and... with the Ra- let's talk what they've done with the Raptors. What they've done with the Raptors, I'll give Pascal Siakam the edge because he's had more success, but he's also had a significantly better team and he front has. office than Chris Bosh had. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And they both offer different things. Pascal was a way, is a way better playmaker than Chris Bosh was, yeah. but Bosh is Bosch's, so dominant. Yeah, if Chris Bosh's team had the development and coaching staff that uh, Pascal and that squad has had over the past yeah. years, it would have been a much different conversation. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. He had a front office that drafted Andre Bariani. Van Vliet is one of just eight NBA All-Stars ever to play for Raptors, so he will be remembered for that, especially last year when he when Siaka went down and Fred just became Super Saiyan, going off on anyone. I, I listed my Fred memories before we end Fred. Let's let's hear you guys. I want to hear what you guys think about Fred. When you see Fred, aside from what I picked, all right, so you can't pick the Golden State Warriors. I just picked the best ones. You got to think of a different yeah, you one. Listed yeah, off like every I, best moment. From I got Fred. A, I got a couple. Uh, franchise record for points in a game. 54. Absolutely, that so can be so Orlando, great. It's crazy looking back that I was like in the during COVID times. season, COVID time, so the empty arena, kind of wild. But at, people thought he had a legit shot at breaking Steph Curry's uh, three points in a game at yeah, that point. Yeah, he finished with Dude, 12, right? Close, yeah, man. he was yeah. I think he was at 11 and like going into the fourth and that's yeah. why everyone was like, "Oh my god, this could actually happen." Yeah. He was on fire that so game. So 54 points is one and um I just really early on some of those like open gym segments just seeing him and like one of those like scrappy guys in summer league and like with the 905 and doing his yeah, thing going right at kyle yeah like literally like he's just one of those guys you remember like as the most feel-good story so i remember watching those episodes of open gym being like man i love rooting for this guy yep and then seeing him just develop so much into the role that he's had like you can't help but cheer for him so i'm like nothing but happy for him he's been a winner everywhere he's been and everywhere he's gone so i'm just happy to see that the raptors got a bit of that they helped him grow into the role that he is now and yeah i'm just gonna remember him as just a quality quality professional yep uh i think i'm gonna remember him as kyle's uh apprentice yeah and then turning into the leader after kyle left and i think in terms of moments blood on the face screaming in the Golden I State Warriors, you can't do you that. listed off an entire series that doesn't count. Sometimes people forget he had a he he chipped a tooth during that as well. He did. Yeah. That oh yeah, the photo of him smiling yeah. with the chipped tooth. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite moment from Fred VanVleet ever is when he's up and he screams with the blood going down his face, and the, I think he had the bandaid on yeah. already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a lot of bandaids. So in that run. cold. Yeah. That is one of the coolest moments I've ever seen from in franchise history. Honestly, I'm gonna oh, say 100%. It. that is so cool. Uh, that that is one of my favorite moments, and I'll always remember Fred. He had a baby, and then just became God for a little bit. Yeah, the and whole just, run just doesn't seem right. Well, like, it was yeah. a simple adjustment. Uh, I read Nick Nurse's book, and okay, yeah, he had a baby, so I'm sure that helped. But in the Philly series, every shot of his was getting blocked. Not every shot, but like a lot of his shots were oh, getting blocked. Step back. Yeah. So Nick literally said, "Why don't you just start shooting from two to three feet back?" And Fred's like, "That's really far out. Like I don't know if I have that range." Nick's like, "Just try it," and then. Next series, hitting everything. That was and the I start think of that, Fred taking those. Exactly. Yeah. That was the start of Fred's evolution turning into this long-range sniper. So pretty cool to talk about that. Speaking of Nick, do you guys think he'll get the same applause that Fred gets? No. <sighs> With all the stuff that's coming out recently, I guess we haven't addressed on the podcast. Nick Nurse stepped down, supposedly, quote-unquote, stepped down uh, as the coach of Team Canada. He was replaced by Jordy, Jordy Fernandez. Fernandez. Very cool. It is very cool. It's a great opportunity for him. 
And there is reports that it was the 76ers that told him to step down, and then now that's been refuted. So we don't really know exactly what's going on there. I don't think he will. I think no, he's, still- he's going to get a- He's going to get an applause, but it's going to be like the Raptors are going to put together a really cool montage for yeah. him before the game. So then that's going to rile the crowd up to want to cheer for him. But like, if it was just left to like the crowd to do it on their own, I don't think they would give. I him think much. it'll be a bit more mixed than it would have been like a, a month ago. Even doesn't more. help that he's with Philly, and we hate Philly. Right. Yeah. So we'll see with that. Before we end the Fred talk, I just kind of want to say what he said on his Instagram post because I thought it was a very good post. Post a photo of him at Scotiabank Arena saying, "Words cannot do justice to how thankful I am for the city that watched me grow from a young player, young kid playing for a chance." to an NBA champion, all-star, and a father of three. I am forever indebted to this franchise that gave me a shot when no one else would. We built things together that can never be broken and accomplished things that we stand forever. I went from the fans not knowing who I was to a fan favorite to the most hated, and I'm thankful for every second of it, to the city franchise and the country that watched me grow every step of the way. Thank you. First of all, that's hilarious he addressed that. Yeah. Clearly showing that athletes know oh, and absolutely. that you should yep. just shut up. They see everything. They hear everything. Can we talk about Drake's reply? Yeah, <laughs> I, ha- I have that on here. He <laughs> said, in the craziest way possible, my lookalike, the love is forever. Thank you for your character and your contributions over the years. The city will never forget. Good luck with everything on the Guandon Dragons. <laughs> I mean the Rockers, Rockets. The Rockets. The Rockers. As to which Van Vliet resp- responded back with a simple... Relax. Yeah. <laughs> also, he got the team name wrong. It's Guandon Tigers, yeah, no? Yeah, I know. Is. He messed it up. But <laughs> I think he did it on purpose, to be honest. It's pretty that funny. Is hilarious. Drake is very corny. That's kind of one of the more funny things That's he's done in a oh, while. That's hilarious. And it is the Drake lookalike thing was always a thing with Van Vliet. That is going to be what? missed. Every time Fred hit a shot in the arena, you yeah. hear Frederico. Yeah. So that, that's going to be missed. His culture will be missed. It'll be interesting to see what this team looks like without Fred Van Vliet. And we'll get into it now because the Raptors have found their solution to Fred Van Vliet not being here anymore. <laughs> that's a that's a big, that's a big word. word to use yeah, for that. Solution is maybe Ooh. not the word I'd use. Within about an hour, the Raptors signed Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder? Schroeder? I think it's Schroeder. Schroeder? I thought it was Schroeder. Uh, we should know this. Sorry, guys. Dennis Schroeder and Tui Contract and Jalen McDaniels. McDaniel's contract was two years, ninety million, and Schroeder's, I believe, was fully guaranteed, two years, and that one was about twenty six million. It is also Schroeder. I am, I've confirmed. Okay, Schroeder. Did I get it right the first time or the second time? Second time. time. <sighs> I should know. I had him on my fantasy team. I should have known that. Yeah, those were their first two. First of all. Players signed with the Raptors in free agency. Yeah. Dennis Schroeder might be the biggest name to sign with the Raptors ever for free agency. Hey, oh, respect Tito Turkoglu, yeah, okay? okay? In a while, yes. In, yeah, in, in, a, like, in a while, yes. In a long, long time. Um, there's a lot of people that are mocking Schroeder as the starting point guard. I don't see it. Mm-mm. I like Schroeder as a backup and as a six-man role. But the Raptors already have a six-man role in Gary Trent Jr., who I know is transitional between starting and six-man, but he'll probably be a starter this year. Where? What's going on? Do we think Schroeder is going to be the starter? Look, I see this is the, where the problems immediately start because Schroeder 
is a real point guard, a real playmaker, a real facilitator. I don't think he's op- like elite in the pick-and-roll game, but he can do it probably better than most other players on this roster. And when you have a center like Jakob, who absolutely thrives in a pick-and-roll, you need a guy like Schroeder there. But Gary Trent Jr., he opted in, and he's probably going to extend it on the idea that he wants to become a starter. He's made that very evident and very clear that he wants to start on this team and grow in that role there. So if you start him, you're then not starting Schroeder, he's coming off the bench. Yes, starting and coming off the bench doesn't mean that you're going to be stuck to certain minutes and you can't play with each other. Like, yes, Schroeder could still play with uh, Jakob Pertl. But there are going to be problems in that sense, where if you are starting Gary Trent Jr., there is a severe lack of shooting in that starting lineup. It's the same issues that they had this year, but worse. I know exactly, and that's what that's what I mean when I said like earlier, where you're if you're choosing to run it back, and it's not with Fred VanVleet, there's gonna be problems. This team is on paper worse than they were last year, so Schroeder is gonna help some things, but other things he's not. He's a lot cheaper than Fred, so that's good. But I think and he's a good player. He, he is. He, he is, is a good player. He's he's great if you want to bring off. The, he's a very pesky on ball defender, and he'll be good in that regard. But I just think there's larger problems that this team is going to have now in terms of just like rotations and spacing and whatnot that I'm interested. I think the signing of Jalen McDaniels and Schroeder helps them defensively. I think they, if they get the buy-in that they should have had last season, they will be elite defensively. I just think that's almost kind of where it stops. I don't think there's much on the offensive end that I'm really excited about to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, pretty much everything you said. Like he is a more traditional point guard, which is nice to have, but he's not the shooter that Fred was. He's also not the shooter that Gabe Vincent is. And I'd like to let it be known that Michael Grange reported that the Raptors actually preferred Schroeder. Yeah, I heard over that. Gabe Vincent. Strange. So actually, is it experience is that why? Maybe not, maybe it it's be to be maybe yeah. it's because Schroeder's experience as a backup. I'm speculating, cause, but what if the Raptors commit to having Gary in the starting lineup and they're like, Schroeder, come be our sixth man? That's honestly, I think Schroeder, if he can have like another OKC type season, did he win? end up winning sixth man of the year? Yeah. Okay, if he can uh, have... I don't know. He hasn't won a sixth man of the year. I thought I he won he, it with He OKC. was in the running for Based it. Based on basketball reference, he has not won the award. Oh, who okay. won it that year then? I can't remember. It was another person who was just like a good offensive player. Was it Jordan Clarkson? No. No, he was afterwards. He well, finished second. Oh, it was Montrezl Harrell. Oh, oh right, right, Jesus. right. So it should have been Schroeder. Yep. I mean, Montrezl Harrell had a good year. But, yeah, yeah I, I still would have went Schroeder. Okay, I, I've never rated him, but I can't say that he had a bad year that year. He did have a good year. But, uh, yeah. I he think had an all right year. He was probably the second best six man on his own team. Isn't that, he hel- the award. Isn't that hilarious that we went in default? It was like, oh, yeah, he won six man of the year because that's how irrelevant Montrezl Harrell has been since yeah, then. Yeah, I've never yep. been a big fan of the guy. I have not either. Yeah. Yeah, he had told um, me to get out of his way. That was a – with an expletive. Sorry, I can't say the expletive. Don't because say. We already said one. We already said two. We can't yeah, say a third one. Yeah, used up our quota. Um, but, yeah, uh, if he can have another year like that, That'd be amazing. And I think he can because he's now in an environment uh, where I don't think there's as much pressure as there was where he's on the Lakers. I don't think there's ever as much no, pressure. No, he's going to get many chances to be good. Exactly. He's going to get his turn. Uh, low pressure. It's a young team. I don't know. This fan base seems to add a lot of pressure. Not like the Lakers. So the Lakers I, are different. Exactly. So the I media think he, will be nicer to him here, but the, the fan base probably will not. Yeah, I mean, no, I still think Lakers fan bases are the Lakers fan base is they are arguably yeah, the worst yeah. in the league. Arguably, um, we can go whatever. We don't need to get into that. I don't want to. I don't want to make any enemies. But, anyways, um, I think he can actually have another season like that. And I, I do think it is in a six-man role. I don't think he's going to be starting. 
How that looks for the starting lineup with the shooting, it's very questionable. But that's what it is with this team. They keep getting into these situations where there's a hole every in every lineup that can get exploited. So I don't know. I like the signing, though. I do. I think it's it's a stopgap and a good stopgap until you figure out your long-term solution. You're hoping Gabe Vincent could have been – he wouldn't be a long-term solution, but more towards the long-term side of things than a Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder, sorry. We're so, going to have to get that name Yeah, Schroeder. It is Schroeder. Okay, Schroeder. Uh, yeah, so. He's a Schroeder. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's kind of barred. Uh, but yeah, he's a stop. He's a, he's a stop Why you look at the door? I thought you were saying somebody <laughs> was there. Yeah, when you pointed like that, I thought you were saying somebody's coming in. But looks scared. Yeah, Schroeder is going to fill the void for two years, and I think it'll be all right. But they have to figure out something long-term. Bringing Jakob back, four years, $80 million, whatever everyone expected. When you didn't have to pay Van Vliet that kind of money, you pay, you give the money that you wanted to to Jakob. So I think that was good. It makes sense. It's a relief because there is a lot out there with San Antonio apparently yeah. aggressively wanting him back. Yeah. And I'm very thankful that didn't happen. I'm. It would probably be extremely enticing to go play with Wembayana. Could you imagine Pirtle and Wembayana together? Be pretty good actually. One minute probably play power power forward. Yeah, yeah. It take us some pressure off of him too. Yeah. Let's talk about the other signing in Jalen McDaniel because I think that this is a sneaky, sneaky signing, especially for the the, ter- the term and the cap. Nine million dollars on a two year contract for a it's very a, young a player. It's a steal. Is an absolute steal. I really like him. He has a lot of potential and he's shown a lot of flashes of being a good shooter when his shot hits. Like he he shot almost fifty percent from the field last year, and he just wasn't given time in Philadelphia, especially after the trade. And I thought that would have been a really good spot for him too when he was traded, and it just didn't work out in a rare four team trade as well. Look at that, that one was a four team trade. But I and for him just to walk after that too, like they lost that trade, they that was done, and for the Raptors to come in and scoop him in, I think he's a quintessential Raptor project. Put him in the lab, let him cook, see what happens with him, especially with Darko coming in here. I think it's a great signing. I really like it. It's a 6'9 player who defends and can't shoot. He's the perfect so, Raptors player. That's what I was saying. Yep. Put him in that boiler cooker. I'm excited to watch him play. Um, yeah, but real quick, uh, Keith Pompey, he's a beat writer for the Philadelphia 76ers. He was on the Raptors show, and he was saying that the 76ers severely – Underval- not undervalued. They just didn't give Jalen McDaniels the play time he deserved. No, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't play. Yeah, he only ended up playing, I don't know, if, was it injury? He only played 24 games he last played, season. He played 80 games last season. It says 24. He was traded halfway through the season. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, he probably played 24 for... He uh, played 56 for yeah. Charlotte and then, and then 24. And then 24 for Philadelphia. Well, she shot 40% from three with Philly. Wow. But career thirty four percent, so still under under forty. Yeah, like in Charlotte, he was playing like twenty seven minutes a game, and in Philly, he played like eighteen. Yeah. So, anyways, he's an exciting player. He he's not Jaden McDaniels, but that's okay because he's still. I good. got really excited Dude, when I saw I it. I thought I saw I thought it was Jaden McDaniels when I first saw that. And I was that's like, okay. Uh, but no, he's still a good player, and I think this is a good pickup for the Raptors. Just wish he could shoot. That's. Yeah, that's we wish that out of a lot of players uh, for the Raptors. But you know what? He's 25. I'm way 25, w- more exactly. willing to give him a chance, especially mm-hmm. over someone like Malachi. And the one, however, that I would not have given him a chance over is Delano Banton. And oh, yeah. we can get into that. Oh, I'm getting into it. Banton 
signed with the Boston Celtics when this was a man who was touted by Masai all offseason saying that he's an integral part of our young core. He was at the Darko unveiling in Toronto that we were all at and has seemingly left the team Scarborough's own Delano Banton Rexdale Rexdale Rexdale's own we're really off on some of this stuff today so first pod back sorry guys yeah, had a break what I I <laughs> was stunned by this I didn't even think it was in question that he wasn't going to be on this team and maybe this is to the fact that the team values other players like Doughton which fair enough Doughton looks, looked really good in his minimal playing but to just let him walk like that. Yeah, I think I'm I'm disappointed because we went from a, an environment with Nick Nurse where all these young guys were in the doghouse. Like you make one mistake and you don't play for two weeks. Like again, like again, we can we can criticize Malachi Flynn, but uh, and I don't I don't really have a lot of optimism with him. But Nick Nurse didn't really like. Like, he had, like, good stretches, and then all of a sudden he'd be benched. And it, we saw the same thing with Delano. We saw the same thing with Precious. And now we're finally in a situation where the Raptors hire Darko, and he's clearly a development coach. Not saying, like, that as his whole thing. I just mean, like, he very much likes development, and he will develop the team. And then all of a sudden you get rid of this guy that, like you just said, Jake, Masai was talking about the whole offseason, like, that they're going to, invest in him and and whatever all this stuff and and he's gone like it just doesn't make sense to he me he was at the presser he was also at it was the presser. At the, like what what went wrong i think something honestly it makes me feel like something happened behind the scenes I, i'm to, this is total speculation i do not know anything behind the scenes but like for that to just happen after talking him up through the off season he's at the presser you hire a coach that's really good at development i think something might have happened behind the scenes dude this is just hall of fame capping by Masai. like i'm sorry this is a guy that they clearly didn't want to keep. They could have qualified him, kept him as an RFA, and they decided not to. Why? Because they don't want to keep him for that money. And I'm sorry, I like that we're all fans of the Raptors. This is a 15th man on a roster. It doesn't really matter that much. It I, doesn't, but for the I hometown think, crowd, they're very upset. Yeah, and I get it. And that this is what I want to get into when I said I was going to rant about Raptors fans. I'm sorry. There is just so much delusion surrounding this team. People think this Raptors team needs to be a championship contender, and I get it. Why play for... Uh, why play games if you're not trying to win a championship? But not a lot of teams compete for a championship every year. But for some reason, all these fans want to think that it's championship or bust, which is not how teams work. No. And they're talking about, like, oh, this Raptors team needs to fix everything all at once, blah, blah, blah. How much pressure do you think they're putting on Darko Ryakovich already? What do you think this guy's going to be able to do in one season with the new coaching staff? Everyone's saying Darko is going to be able to fix this. He's gonna, He should be able to fix that. He's going to make Scotty develop into this. Dude, we haven't even seen him coach. Like, we don't know what he's going to be. And I get it. He's a he has a he has a history of developing players. But if I want Darko to focus on developing anybody, it's Scotty Barnes, Grady Dick. It's not Delano Banton. Yeah. Like this is a fifteenth man on a roster who probably isn't going to play in Boston. He wasn't going to play here. Like it's not the end of the world. I I will like, quote tweets for you. There's a guy who who tweeted about Delano Banton, and he said that this was almost as big of a fumble as laying Fred Walk for nothing. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, that's crazy. That's really bad. You know what I mean? And then somebody was like, "What are you talking about? Delano Banton is like." Not an all NBA level player. He's like, yeah, but Donald Banton's also not like a 15th man on a roster. Yes, he is. Donald Banton is not playing games for you in the okay, NBA. Okay, but we haven't seen that. We haven't seen that. There has not been a consistent he, chance. Do you know what's happened? He's been killing it in the G League. He comes up to the NBA, and when he plays, he doesn't impress. 
That's, Nick that's Nurse didn't play him. When he did play, he didn't do much. He's, he was the only reason they beat the Pistons one of the game because he just went off and scored yeah, 30 points. That he, says he's almost a, nothing to me if you're talking about the Pistons. They won 17 games. Okay, but the, considering how bad the team was. He's a player, 100%. He had, he's 23. We have enough projects on this team. Zolfi, he's 23. Yeah, that, that, he's that 23. Fair, he, he, I'm not saying I absolutely believe Donald Banton has the talent to one day be a role player in the NBA. Yeah. But I think if we're arguing and talking about the 15th man being why Raptors fans are mad, like, get a grip. Yeah, like, no, he, he's not, like, it's not going to make or break the team. Um, but he was actually touted that if he, if he went the year before in the draft, he was going to be a lottery pick, supposedly, according to draft analysts that I've watched. I mean, a lot of times... I want draft those an- draft analysts drug tested. Yeah, a lo- I mean, that's the thing. It's it's actually funny because I, like, I feel like a lot of draft analysts are always very wrong. <laughs> But anyways, the okay, point is... But also, no one knows what executives are thinking. Everyone no has knows. their beloved players that they see and watch. Like, look at this year. There's so many players that dropped that everyone thought was going to go high, too. Yeah. But anyways, the, the, the ones that I listened to, that like, they said, and it was like a year ago. I don't remember the names. I'm sorry. They said that he would be a lot... Not lottery. Like, late lottery, of course. Not We're not talking, like, top three or something. <laughs> we're yeah. talking, like, was it 14th is the last one? Yep. Like, he'd probably go 14th. My um, main, like, sorry, go ahead. So, like, the Raptors drafted him the year after, though, because he decided to stay in college? Or was it the other way around? Either way, because he decided to stay an extra year, it tanked his value, and they got him in the second round because of that. But, that, again, like, that's not, like, saying much. It's just that he clearly is a raw talent, and, like, if you want to develop a player, I thought he was a pretty interesting one. So, and I just continues think, off I, I just think there's way more important things on this Raptors teams to focus on. There are, again, for sure. I think, like, is it is it unfortunate to lose a hometown kid? Yes, I'm not saying that it's not. But I'm saying, like, he went to Boston. I get it. I find it more odd that Masai didn't try to trade him, if anything, that he could have qualified him. That's what's weird. So the, I think that part is weird, that you let him walk away for nothing. But my point is, if you let him walk away for nothing, clearly this front office doesn't think much of him. Yeah, also, I, I have seen the same people you're talking about on Twitter that are, like, they're acting like, losing Delano is worse than losing yeah. Fred and that's but, insane to like, me. Like this team is going to be set up for failure if you have fans like this who come in with expectations that everything needs to be fixed all all the time and think every single player on this team is like the most perfect prospect ever. It's just not the case. It's not true. There's a lot of projects on this team that will fail. We don't know what Darko Yakovic is going to be as a head coach and I have all the faith in him but to expect him to fix all these problems all at once is ridiculous and you're going to set yourself up for failure. If the Raptors have growing pains, you're going to have fans coming for players' heads again and it's going to be a cycle of what happened with Fred Van Vliet. I want that to be a lesson for fans to get a grip, man. Like You're complaining about 15th mans. You're asking for Darko to fix everything all at once. Like It's not going to happen like that. I think it's just because Siakam is still there that people have this idea that they're going to be contending which is what i have and that like getting away a piece it's weird because they're like in, in between we still thought that this team figured out their direction which they wanted to go and now it doesn't feel like they know what they still want to do even yeah. though we said that like oh yeah siakam going back is a, like siakam saying he wants to say all this gain pertle back is a clear indication fred leaves but you have all of these younger guys still on the team that they're going to be they're taking and they took in mcdaniels so you're like okay they can grow him banton is looking like well we could see what happens with him it's just, it's weird to me. The whole thing is weird. And to yeah. see him walk for nothing, to see the firstborn, or the firstborn, the first Canadian player drafted by the Raptors. He's actually from Toronto. That from Toronto, he, his number is 45 because of the Kipling. Because of the bus. The TGC line. It's weird. It's weird and it feels, again, like just something strange is like still happening that we don't really know about. And that's the vibes I'm getting because – 
That's two players now that have just walked for nothing, which, say what you want about Fred, that was a gamble that they took at the trade deadline, not trading him away. Yeah. Knowing, but they they had a shot. They thought that they could keep him back. They could do a sign trade. Fred took the bag, whatever. Seeing a young guy come out and leave, he's 23, regardless of, I know you're saying he's a 15th member, regardless of that, it's weird to me. To me, it's weird it, he's just it's leaving. A, to me, it's yeah. clearly a decision made based on talent. Fred Van Vliet, why did the Raptors let him walk? Because they know his talent is not worth $40 million and they weren't going to pay it. Why do you think they probably let Delano walk? I'm assuming it's the same thing. How much did he get paid? Uh, Two years, 4.2 from Boston. And the Raptors could have done it. That's not a lot of money. No, the Raptors could have done it. I'm not saying they couldn't have. No, I know, but they they just chose not to. They have to qualify other players. They qualified Jeff Dowden, who's probably going to play more for them. So where was the classic Raptors trade for second round pick at the trade deadline then? Again, I agree. That is odd. Yeah. Like, that is odd that they didn't do that. can't make trades right now, right? When, When does that start? Can they do that now? Yes. This is only free agency, right? Well, there, well, there was trades. trades that were happening in the there NBA finals. That happened. No, Bradley Beal got traded. There's been trades during free right, agency. Right, right. Okay, I'm, I'm tripping there. I'm tripping yeah. there. Yeah, you're allowed uh, to make trades. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, I don't know. It's just weird to me. The whole thing is weird. The still the fact that the direction they still don't, we still don't really know. And let, let's, do you have anything more to say about Banton or can we move on to Siakam? I blanked. I had something I totally forgot. It's uh, fine. Sorry. It'll come back to me. I might interrupt you guys. Okay, like let's minutes. talk. Let's talk about Siakam because this kind of goes off to what I was saying. Oh, I uh, sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> That's okay. I'd rather you say it. It's actually not about Banton. It's what it's about. Uh, when Zolfi was talking about expectations from fans. Sure. I think every fan needs to hear this. Linear development is not linear. Yeah. It's never linear. Okay. A player is not always going to improve every single season. You hope that they do, but they may have a down season here and there. So this idea that, like Zolfi said, that Darko's going to come in and every single player is just going to get better and better and better is not a thing. Precious literally in the season where we made the playoffs and faced Philly in the first round, that second half of the season is insane to replicate. He was shooting like over 40% from three in the second half of the season. And he came back this season and was clearly not that. So development is never going to be this steady flow that's always going up. There's going to be times where it goes down. So just you got to temper, temper your expectations with that. That's anyways. Especially that's, for a team that doesn't have the talent right now to be in any serious contention. Exactly. Like I'm sorry if if we're if we're centering this team around Pascal Siakam, we're not winning a championship anytime soon. You no. need to have another number one, and Pascal needs to be a two or a three. So like, when that talent isn't there, three. Be realistic. I mean, uh, with with the championship run with uh, Kawhi, he was like a two B. It was him and Kyle. They like they interchanged, so that's why I could say a three, maybe a two on a championship team. So like, yeah, like what you're saying, it's not going to be linear. Temper your expectations because if you don't, you're going to see the again. I'm using the Fred Van Vliet thing as a lesson. It's going to be that vitriol. It's going to be the stuff around Nick Nurse, and obviously they played a role in that stuff. I'm not saying they didn't. They're not absolved of anything. They have to be accountable. Fred didn't help the chemistry at times. Nick Nurse, from all accounts, didn't help the chemistry at times. So I think those played a role in it. But there's, a, I think the fandom played a very big role in a lot of that too, especially when you see Fred Van Vliet say that thing at the end of his like Instagram post when he's like, "Oh, from like the most loved to the most hated." So like. If you have one of your top, quote-unquote, seven players of all time saying that, that means that, like, other players are going to know. They're going to talk. When you when you talk about your franchise stars and you talk about fan base that's been revered as, like, one of the best in the NBA, all of a sudden being the, the fan base that's going to be turning on players in less than a season, like, that's going to matter to players when they want to come free agent time. Yeah. 
Fair yeah, enough. I agree. I agree. That was, well, agree. that was great. I, I can't add more to that. That was very well said. I needed to get that off my chest. Good job. You look like, yeah. a, like a demon kind of like came out of you a little oh, bit. Oh, I was so mad. When I saw that Delano Banton stuff about like oh he people it's are definitely like, an overreaction. Oh. It's just disappointing seeing a hometown talent. Yeah, it's go. like he was a nice but story, but like he's again. a nice story. It it is an overreaction though. Like it's not going to end the franchise that Delano Banton walked to the Boston Celtics. It's going to be a nice story when he's like the seventh guy off the bench for <laughs> Boston. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, like, they're a championship team. He's not getting any playing time there at no. all. He's going to be fighting with Peyton Pritchard. That's and like he's probably the gonna lose worst that scenario. If Peyton Pritchard didn't get any time, yeah, yeah, exactly. Banton's not getting yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's shift to Siakam now because once again the trade rumors are heating up again because it doesn't seem like this franchise can go one day without having something happen with their direction. Pascal Siakam has been heavily rumored to have various teams checking in on him, even despite the fact of his team coming out and saying to Woj, hey, tell them that Siakam doesn't want to go anywhere else and he wants to stay. These teams don't care, and they are coming for Siakam. And there's even reports that Atlanta has been going for Siakam for a couple days now. And there has been, this is from Jake Weinbach, and he says, it's my understanding that the Raptors and Hawks have discussed multiple scenarios around an all-star swap that would have sent Pascal Siakam to Atlanta and DeJounte Murray to Toronto, although talks likely stalled due to Toronto's additional demands that Atlanta rebuffed. First of all, that sounds like a one-for-one swap in my wording, and if that's what's happening for Pascal Siakam, I will outrage because I, would hate I, that. I like DeJounte Murray. He is does not fit this culture at all. At all in the slightest. You remember when he went last year and you've seen videos of him just like hitting people over the head with a ball yeah. at like some <laughs> he is a uh, not like Anything I don't want with a rookie that hasn't even played in the Right. League I don't yet, even like, I don't want to sit here and just like crap on people's characters. That's but like we've a pretty seen a easy lot. character to crap on though. We've seen a lot from DeJounte at this point and he doesn't fit the timeline as well of trading Siakam away. He just doesn't. He is an all-star. He is going to demand a bag next year. You're in the same situation if you're trading Siakam away. I'll be at a little bit lesser because, yeah, he's a little bit younger. But he's not. He's probably turning 27, right? Yeah. Uh, When's his birthday? Yeah, he's 288 days into the year. So, yeah, he's close. We've seen what DeJounte Murray has to offer as well. I don't want that as a one-for-one swap, let alone the fact that Atlanta is stalling talks off of the fact that Toronto wants to add additional demands is crazy. And again, maybe you could say that this is just Masai again being stubborn. But if there's one player and he should be stubborn about it, it's Pascal Siakam. Yep. And there is people saying Kobe Bufkin could be coming back and this, that. Kobe Bufkin signed last night, so he is out okay. of trade talks for 30 days. Yeah. So that's probably a, a, a nail in the coffin on Bufkin getting traded as part of a deal. If Siakam is to be traded, let's go first. Who do you want back in a trade for Siakam? And do you think it's going to be Atlanta that ends up getting Siakam if he is traded? And does that move the needle for you? Because it doesn't for, for me Toronto at all. For Toronto or for Atlanta? Or like for both? For both. Uh, for Atlanta, I think it makes them better. I think yeah. Trey and Siakam fit together better than Trey and DeJounte. And it'll make them probably a perennial playoff team, but that's as far as it'll get. Maybe surprise and get to the second round or something like that. But in terms of what I want back, DeJounte Murray, I'd want A.J. Griffin, and then 
a buffkin or something else in there for for the deal to happen. Are you thinking Okongwu is? I would want Okongwu. Uh, I think I, I would, would love Okongwu, but I don't know if the Hawks are going to give up that much because you're already giving away your all star. AJ Griffin is one of your best young players, and then giving up a second one who's a bit more further on your development track in Okongwu, I think, is a lot to give up. Uh, I would I would be fine taking a pick or two over Okongwu if it's just Dejounte and AJ, but I don't like the one for one. No. I think that's just not enough for Pascal Siakam, especially for a team in the Hawks that kind of seem desperate to want to make a change to to move the needle. So I think we can leverage that as a Raptors front office. So I think that would make sense. I don't know another team that makes sense to want to trade for Pascal right now. Like I guess Portland did if they were keeping Dame, but they're moving Dame, so I don't really see why they would, especially with the re-signing of Jeremy Grant. I guess there's a couple teams out there that like where Pascal could make sense on the team, but I don't know like who would make a trade like for it to happen. You know what I mean? So you also, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, no, go ahead. I was saying you also can't do a one for one. Dejounte makes 18 mil a year, and Pascal makes 37. So you'd have to match salaries, and guys like Onyeka Okongwu make eight mil a year, and those are really good salary filler uh, salaries. Rudy Gay, back to the Raptors, 6.4 mil. He'd probably be a salary filler. Please, no. <laughs> I don't want Rudy Gay back on that team. Yeah, like, he'd be, a, I guess, a nice vet to have. He's obviously not going to do much contributing. He no. could, he'd probably play a bit. He's but. ancient at this point. I think his contract would, he'd have to get traded. He's making 6.4 mil. That's, like, like such an easy contract to throw on top. Yeah. Um, if you do that, though, you probably just include picks. But, yeah, um, I don't like it. I don't. I'm not a big fan. Like Dejounte Murray is a really good player. Um, I I'm not a fan of like his character and stuff though. And I think culture is a really big thing for the Raptors, um, especially with setting you know Masai saying that they want like a new culture. I don't think Dejounte Murray is the guy you want leading. The Going charge. to reset it and then bringing Dejounte Murray in makes no sense. I don't know. I'm not like. I I saw the beef with Paolo Bancaro and stuff. I get and everything, but they also made up like right after. He so just like, seems too immature for me. Seems way too immature for me, personally. I, um, and fair. if you don't have other vets, like you have Thad Young as your vet right now on the team, and yeah. Siakam, and if you trade Siakam away, then who's your vets that are going to help him like calm down? Yeah, in terms of character, he just, I don't know if he fits the What else the has he done, mold. though, other than like the whole Paolo thing? Well, he was be- he beefed with someone during a game last year as well, no? Yeah, like I personally don't remember much, but like he would... I, the, my problem is he's 26 going to 27, so it's not like if you bring him in, you're going to look at him as like your long-term future solution for point guard, Cause especially if you're giving up Pascal. If you're teaming up with Pascal, it's one thing, but if you're giving up Pascal to get him, I don't know if he's the right guy to pair with Scotty Barnes, so I think that is kind of odd. And then, like you said, Jake, he needs to be extended soon. He's under contract for this upcoming season, and then he's an unrestricted free agent, so... Really, you're going to be looking at a 28-year-old that you want to extend and keep long-term, which doesn't make sense with this young core. So I think for that reason, I don't know why the Raptors would do it. If they run it back with DeJounte as a point guard but no Pascal, like really how are you any better than you are right now? So yeah. I think the uh, that, Raptors that also say no. too, Just yeah. like not even just talking characters, like legit just like you're in the same situation as before. Yeah. So, also, really his agent's no Rich Paul, and I don't want to have to extend a player whose agent is Rich Paul because he gets players paid. I mean, didn't OG's contract wasn't that with? He's a, not with Rich Paul anymore. No, but before the one that he Thank signed God. wasn't that with Rich <laughs> yeah. Paul. That's yeah. like he was with Rich Paul. Arguably one of the best contracts in the league, and that was with Rich Paul. <laughs> like for for a team, I mean. Yeah, that was like I think it's because like the free agent like I guess class at the time plus like the timing of it all worked really well in the Raptors' favor. But like, yeah, I, Chris Paul. I think the the three like in the first hour of free agency, he got like his three 
star players, like $390 million combined. Yeah. Like, um, just list off a few things. Uh, DeJounte Murray suspended one game for bumping a ref and also beef with Jabar- Jabari Smith Jr. last year. Why does this guy keep trying to fight rookies? I don't know what he's Those trying to Those are such easy targets. They're young guys. Anyways, I, I mean fair, but like I have like, another one. I could I could oh what I could Google uh, Serge Ibaka was probably one of the best vets ever, and he has like seventeen fights. Yeah, I, but so Serge like is it's picking and choosing. Nah, Serge is backed up, bro. People always come at Serge. Sorry, continue. For someone that I've heard lots of really good things about being a veteran, Tony Parker, uh, he came out and just called out Tony Parker for being extremely selfish. He said he's a great player, going to go down the Hall of Fame, but I know what type of person he is. He's very selfish. He, if he wasn't so selfish, he would have been more championships. He's one of the most selfish players I've ever played with. That is weird. Feels very weird to That's hear about him. Apparently, apparently uh, when Tony Parker went to Charlotte, that was a bit of what they said about him in Charlotte. I don't know any of that. Did he just get bitter towards the end then, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, Tony Parker's not the most stand-up yeah. dude. He yeah, cheated yeah. on Eva Longoria okay, with sure. his yeah, teammate's yeah. wife. I mean, I think it's one of those uh, things. But it's still like, like a weird really thing to it's say. It's one like, of those it's things. Weird to go in public I mean, that. we're, again, we're looking at the guy who replaced Tony Parker as the team's point guard. Sure. So, mm-hmm. like, obviously there's going to be beat between the two guys. Like, Tony Parker is currently mentoring Victor Wembenyama. So, like, clearly he likes young players if he wants to like them. But if it's a guy replacing him in San Antonio, and Tony Parker went to Charlotte after, he's probably better than DeJounte Murray for changing his situation from San Antonio to Charlotte. Probably. So, like, it's a mix of both. I do agree that this guy is a hot-headed dude. He can be a little silly at times, and especially beefing with young players. But I don't think he's any different than a lot of players in this league, and he is clearly very talented. He's just more yeah. vocal about it. I yeah. Think. yeah, I mean, it, it's... It's a sport. Like these, yeah. all the all these athletes have chips on their shoulders. Yeah. They all talk smack. Yeah. But so like, it, I wouldn't go like personally. I don't know enough to say that I think he's a character issue per se. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Fair enough. Do we think all the Siakam stuff has started up because Fred left, and now the front office is more willing to look into trading Siakam away, and they are back to being undecided? Yeah. It's just how front offices work. They when when other teams see like quote unquote vulnerability, they like start circling around like sharks. Like they they smell water, there's blood in the water, right? They know that Fred's gone, one of these key pieces part of the running back season, and they're like, oh, okay, well maybe there's a chance the Raptors are actually finally willing to tank, and we're gonna come in and swoop in and take advantage of that. Like that's just how the NBA works. Like obviously when the whole Dame thing came up, you bet your ass uh, the Raptors called a Portland to make some deal to get Dame. Like mm-hmm. every other team probably did. They all do their due diligence. Exactly. So yeah. like I think that's part of it. It's just the the, the movement this team has gone through. I think he's there. Day one on the starting roster, Siakam? Yeah. I think so. Okay. But I think any team like that's on the cusp of contending or is contending, trading for Pascal is like probably the best move they can make, to be honest. So, I don't know. I think he's on the starting lineup. I, th- I think he's playing for us first day, but you never me, know. Give me a good transition there to starting lineups. Let's talk about what the Raptors starting lineup is going to look like, especially with Schroeder. We kind of touched on that a little bit. Let's go through it and talk about who we think our top our starting fives are going to be. I will go first. At point guard, I got Scotty Barnes. I got the 2-3 of Gary Trent Jr. and OG Ananobi and Siakam as well at the 4. And then Pirtle at the 5. So I got the small ball lineup with no point guard. I guess Pirtle's there, but you got Seven, that. 7-1. Yeah, well, it's not really small ball. <laughs> I sure you have the the non shooting lineup there yeah, as that's your starting accurate, lineup. Yeah. That is my starting lineup. I guess I said small ball. That's not right. Yeah, it's non shooting because it's a pretty big lineup. You no, know I'm six, used nine, to them not having a six, big seven six five. I'm I'm used to them not having a big. Okay, so forgive me for Fair. calling it small yeah. ball lineup. That's my lineup that I got. Um, 
I agree. So we can just end the podcast. Zelfie, you agree? Yeah. Okay, cool. Right. Roddy, Gary, OG, <laughs> wow. Pascal, Jakob. I'm glad we all five. know this team very well. I don't like the starting lineup, if I'm honest, but yeah. I think that's a starting lineup. It's a terrible shooting lineup. Yeah. I just – man, you really need shooting nowadays, guys. You it's, have, it's crazy you, how you much you need that. You have one and a half guys who can create their own shot in Pascal and Gary, and you have – Two guys who you can probably rely on shooting, only one being consistent in OG. Gary. Is the half guy Siakam in that shot? No, pa- in creating your own shot, yeah. I have oh, Pascal, best Pascal's best. Gary's, and Gary's, uh, Gary's the half. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in terms of shooting, Gary and OG. Gary's not as consistent as OG. OG's honestly mostly just good from the corners. And Scotty, I don't like the idea of him as a point guard. I just think. Even I, though he has it in his Instagram bio? <laughs> yes, I do. I don't think that sells me. I think Scotty's a great passer, but that he doesn't be sell pa- you. Come on, he should be passing off the block like Nikola Jokic. He I be completely passing agree as a with you. Carrier. Yeah, have I we can. seen enough of Scotty as a point guard to already write that off? Though I think we tried seeing a bit of it early last season, and it was awful, so he stopped. Yeah, I mean he's a sophomore, so he could develop into that. But yeah, he, last season I totally agree. It was it was not good. He just doesn't play like a, a guard. He to be a tall point guard, you still have to play like a guard, mm-hmm. like old school, like tall point guards. Like say what you want about Ben Simmons now but like he when he played as a point guard he looked like a guard when you looked at um michael carr williams back in the day that's a throwback like what he looked like as a tall point guard like like look lamello ball is a taller point guard they play like guards a perimeter oriented mm-hmm. uh well ben simmons isn't but he's a guy who play makes <laughs> and he's a perimeter oriented player in terms of that he defends around there and whatnot but scotty burns just isn't that he does so much better inside the three-point line so let him be a big man who can pass out of the post out of the block like, why are you changing that by making him a guard that he's just not? Mm-hmm. I think it just could be because he wants to be a guard. Well, he can still, like, if he wants to be a guard so he can pass, he can still do that out of the post. Again, just make this dude watch Nikola Jokic tape. Be that guy. No, he only watches uh, Magic Johnson. I love Magic Johnson. Yeah. But Scotty, you're not Magic Johnson. <laughs> Shot 28% from three last year. It's honestly better than I thought. Oof. Yeah, that's not great. We'll see what happens with that. Um, extensions. There's a lot of extensions that happen, specifically rookie extensions, all getting the big five to 60. And these names include Tyrese Halliburton, LaMelo Ball, Desmond Bain, and Anthony Edwards, all four of them getting the max. Who do we think is going to be the best player out of these four by the end of these deals? I think Anthony Edwards. Yeah, I think Anthony Edwards. I think he's the one who's going to pay Stop off the most. Stop agreeing with everything. All right, guys? Well, I just – I don't think – Desmond Bain should get paid as much as them. Do you guys agree or disagree? It was a little weird seeing the max on him, but I understand that they want to keep the core together. And yeah. Bain has a lot of – he offers a lot as a player, not just as a three ball, but he's really good defensively. As a consistent, consistent very consistent solid shooter. player, especially with the turbulence around John Moran right now. What do you think, uh, if you have to guess, like Desmond Bain averaged last season? Uh, 21 points. Yeah, that's almost exactly oh, right. 22 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 48% from the field, mm-hmm. over forty, almost 41% from 3. He's one of the best shooters in the he NBA. He just doesn't yeah. get talked about to the level of Jaw and Jaron Jackson. So, okay, I think he's a really good player, and I would give him near the max. I wouldn't give him the max. But this is just what the league is turning out to be. Exactly. It's going to be everyone is getting these max-type players. It's just, like, tough because, like, if you value Contracts. it, if you, like, evaluate players just based off, like, not that we're doing this, but like if you evaluate them just based off what their contracts are, you'd think Desmond Bain is going to be just as good as Anthony Edwards, which I don't think that's the case. I think Anthony Edwards is gonna pro- probably going to be the best out of these four guys. 
See, I agree, but I I find I have a very funny take on Anthony Edwards. I think he's going to grow into the best player out of these four. I think he's slightly overrated right now. I love Anthony Edwards, and I think he's good. He goes ghost way too often offensively. He's very streaky right now. He doesn't show much playmaking. He's one of the best characters in the NBA. He's great in terms of personality and commitment to the city of uh, Minnesota. So I think that's part of it as well. And I think he's going to develop talent-wise into the best player. Right now, I don't think he's the best player out of these four. And I think, honestly, Desmond Bain is probably similar in terms of value right now to Anthony Edwards. He just doesn't have the ceiling that an Anthony Edwards does. But I I think, like, yeah, Desmond Bain's interesting because I think it's just the, the team he's on. It's almost a Draymond-ish effect, that he, what he means to that team and how important he is. I think that's why he got that money. LaMelo and Tyrese, you're going to give him the max. But, like, yeah, they're just going to be good guards on their team. I don't see the ceiling with this Charlotte team being very high with LaMelo Ball as your point guard, to be honest. But yeah. he'll be good. So all four of these guys are in the same draft class? Yeah. So two of the best playmakers in the league are in the same draft class. It's pretty crazy. It's a really good draft class. Yeah, very good. Very expensive also, draft class. on the topic of Desmond Bain, uh, you know who actually helped develop him? Darko. 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 And Desmond Bain came into the league and said, this is based off an interview that Will Lou did with a person who's very close to the Grizzlies franchise can't remember the person's name sorry um anyways it was a good interview though and they said or no maybe it was not Willie anyways it was an interview I listened You're to just always shutting out the Raptor pod it's okay it actually was it might have been the one with Amit Man anyways anyways good podcast uh anyways <laughs> the interview uh Desmond Bain came into the league and he supposedly was saying like oh I'm I'm just gonna be good at three-point shooting, and and defense. And Darko's like, yeah, like that's great, man, but like so is everyone else in the league that's coming in. So you need to improve, and supposedly Darko worked very closely with him to turn him into a, a four-assist-per-game guy. And what is he in his third year? Yes. So, well, they're 2,000 babies. Yeah, yeah third year. He just finished his third season. So considering that is not one of his strong suits, was not one of his strong suits at all coming into the league, but Darko was able to develop him. I, I I find that very exciting for Raptors. So what you're saying is, if the Raptors kept Delano Banton, he could have ended up like Desmond yeah, right. Bain. No. Uh, Delano Banton was not a three point uh, elite shooter coming into the league. Yeah, Desmond Bain has played. I, I don't know, man. His first shot was a three point hail mary. That <laughs> Honestly, went in. out of all four of these guys, he's probably shown the most improvement year over year. Obviously, he started the least talented out of all four of those guys. But like from year one to year two to year three, his minutes have gone up maybe like six minutes overall in from year one to year three mm-hmm. and he's improved from 9.2 points to 18.2 to 21.5 he should have won mip over uh, he should have uh speaking of mip how do you guys feel about that award right now it's not being used for what it's supposed to be used for. i hate that it's being given to lottery picks it's weird i hate it i don't yeah. think it's an award made for people who are drafted second or third overall i think it's an award for someone who you would never expect to be what they are Absolutely, I agree. Well, that's what it started off like. And I don't like it going to like second year players. I yes, to that go to, too. Like, You're meant to improve. That's your yeah, job. Yeah, like, that's literally your job. Like it should be like a fourth, fifth year player or like Pascal's thing made sense. Like he made an insane leap and no one expected it. And mm-hmm. he was an older player, especially because he was just older in age when he came into the league. So I think that was the perfect example of a most improved player. To be fair, Markinen was very like extremely improved. In yeah, that's this a season. good one. That's so, a good one. But he was a lottery pick. Yeah, but like he, I think the circumstances are different with that. He's later in his career. Exactly, career, and the, his tenure with the Bulls, yeah, not good, very underwhelming, and he's been awesome with the Jazz. I think that the circumstances change, but someone like Jaw, 
lottery pick, been with the same team. He won in his third year, fourth year. Either way, I find it ridiculous, and I hope that that award awards more people like Laurie Markkinen and yeah. Pascal Siakam. Last five so. years, Laurie Markkinen, John Morant, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, and Pascal Siakam. Ingram was his second overall pick. Yeah. yeah. So Ingram and, and John Randle. Randle makes know. sense. He fits Randall's that fair, role. Yeah. He picked like fifth or sixth, but he's been. A but couple he was years super. In, he was again, very like, Pascal esque in how yeah. he won the award. It's yeah, a yeah. goal, exactly. like leaping with the team. The last thing I'll say is funny. The the one guy who didn't get a max is probably the most talented, or the most. No, sorry, not the most talented, but the most conducive to winning right now. And Demontis exactly. Sabonis, yep. five years, two seventeen million. He got a bit less money, but he's probably going to be on the most competitive team out of any of these players, mm-hmm. other than Desmond Bain. But we know what the Memphis situation is, so there's a question mark there. But, yeah, I, I'm high on the Kings right now, and I think DeMontis Bonus is a great person to lock up long-term. Also got really nice new jerseys. Oh, I love their new jerseys. Really nice yeah, new jerseys. And fan. they got another statement one coming in yeah. a couple days, They too. said they're going away from purple, which I find interesting. That's I don't like that, though. Yeah, I like the I beam. That's their beam purple. color. Yeah, they're using the purple to power the beam. Mm. That is, they're, that is they're it's sucking all of the purple. Yeah, did you guys watch the promo video? No. No, no so I basically didn't. it was, uh, it was uh, De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis, and then... DeMontis was like, yeah, I love the jerseys, but, like, I don't see any purple. And then uh, De'Aaron's like, oh, didn't you hear? There's a purple shortage. We have to use it to light the beam. And it shows literally a janitor <laughs> taking anything purple and dumping it into, like, the beam to light oh, it. Oh, that's yeah, funny. That's, that's really actually funny. hilarious. Yeah. They're two really great personalities. I love the two of them together. Can we just shout out that trade of trading away Tyrese Halliburton and for, Sabonis? That was such a win-win. It was a very win-win trade. Win-win yeah. trade for both franchises. Yeah. And I didn't get to really say, I think Tyrese Halliburton's the best out of the four. That's just my opinion. I really like. I think currently, yes. Currently, yes. Currently, yes. I, I like love, it more than Lamelo. Love. Oh, come on. Me too. That's that's obvious. I don't. Think I don't know. Obvious. There's a lot of Lamelo fans because he's so cool and hyped up, and I think Lamelo is a good player. I just don't know if he's conducive to winning. Lamelo Ball, cool. I don't think he's cool, but I think, I think he's, he's a cool good player. To kids. I'm not saying yeah, I, yeah, I was going to say he's yeah. cool to kids. What do you mean? Yeah, he's, Selfie, he's mellow. Remember? Your character right now. Have you seen his dad? He's just the epitome of cool. We're not going into Lavar Ball, but yeah, I think I think Lamelo is going to have a very James Harden career. A lot of very good numbers, never going to win. Tyrese Halliburton's on a middle of a nowhere team with no direction, so we'll see how that ends up. But You're really low on the Pacers. I'm not I'm, as low on them. I like I'm them. super low on them. Well, would you give me a reason not to be low on the Pacers? Like, they've been nothing for well, years. Well, they just added Bruce Brown, and uh, they extended Tyrese Halliburton. Player. I like Bruce Brown, but, like, wow. It's not I don't helping. think the Pacers team is that bad. Okay, would you rather be okay the Daniel Gafford, corner franchise, yeah. <laughs> or cornerstone of a franchise. Would you rather be the Pacers or the Pistons right now? Pistons? I'd rather be the Pacers. Uh, Probably Pacers just because I'm really high on Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. I'm really high on You on have Tyrese, some man. quality older players in Buddy Heel still there, Miles Turner. You have younger pieces like Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, Andrew Nemard. Yep. You, have, you have basically your backcourt set up for the future. You still have Miles Turner. Why did I think he wasn't on the team anymore? Oh, and they added Obi Toppin, too. Oh, yeah, there you go. I like the Pacers. I think they'll I be. Do too. They won 35 games last year. Why do they have so many bigs? I don't know. Obi Toppin is their fourth. Aaron Neesmith the is there. We didn't even Jalen talk Smith, about him. Isaiah Jackson. Daniel Tice is still in the league somehow. Yeah, they gave a, they traded away Chris Duarte and O'Shea Brissett signed with the Celtics, so those are like a couple Canadians no longer there. So we don't like that. But they still have two other Canadians in Nemhard and Matherin. As a fan of Canada basketball and fan of like young scrappy teams, I think the Pacers are going to be decent. Don't make a bet on it. What do you think? The last season, thirty-five wins, over under. I got under. I'll take the over easily. Okay. I'll take it. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll come up with terms for the bet later, but yeah. that's a bet. It's going to seem – okay, what about Pistons over under? <laughs> nah, I'm not doing this. 
I, whatever the under. Hey is. Daniel, over under for Pistons? You wanna you wanna give me? I'm gonna go under. We don't even you have a line under? yet. What? We don't have a line yet. Well, I don't need to know it. For the Pistons, you're going under. They won the, 17 games last year. You think they won less than 17 games? Why'd you tell him, no, Zofi? I was trying to shake his hand. No, you right. were doing like the Vegas odds. Are those not up? No, yet? I, I'm saying straight up from last year over under. Oh, get lost, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I almost had him. Yeah. Why'd you, I'm Zofie? sorry, I was zoned out. I was reading an article I on thought, how I, Darren Fox scammed his fans. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hear about that? No. <laughs> he started a project. Remember when NFT is really big? Yeah. Sadly. Yeah, he started a project where he. Uh, was selling NFTs and he made 1.5 million dollars on pre-orders. Whoa! And then he said, "Actually, guys, I'm not doing it." He never returned <laughs> the money. <laughs> that is awful. <laughs> this guy has a bag in the NBA. What are you doing, bro? He never returned the money to this day. That's also, actually crazy. <laughs> I'm banking on NFTs actually being worth something in the future. I no, did, like, don't I, say I, you I, have no, one. I NBA Top Shot when it came out. Zolfi, you get to get, you got like free packs and stuff because you signed up for like the beta or whatever. So like I had a bunch and I didn't really spend any money on them and none of my packs were good. But I got a, a CP3 like rookie NFT thing. So like I'm hoping that'll be worth something when because there's only like a maybe like sixty or six hundred or something. I don't even know. Like there's a, there's not many of that one out there. So I'm hoping that one's gonna be worth something in the future. Well, if you invest in them. <laughs> I'm not giving De'Aaron Fox my money. <laughs> well, if you did, well, he would be willing to compensate you with a signed jersey. Hey. <laughs> wow. $1.5 million, <laughs> and he'll give you a signed jersey. Bro, apparently the average value that people bought was $1,300. And oh, he's like, yeah, I'll send you a signed jersey worth $100. He's that definitely laughing his ass off in the <laughs> locker room insane, the entire time. That's insane, That is wild. Daniel, did you ever do NFTs? No. And you're not a crypto guy? No. Zofi, did you do more crypto? I like invested in crypto like early on and I sold like when it was so profitable. But like I didn't make an insane profit. I mostly just sold because I, I needed the money at the time and I was like, it's perfect. I'm making a profit on this. But how much did you make? I don't know. How much did I put into it? I didn't put a lot. Maybe like put 200 bucks and then I ended up with like double, I think. Nice. Maybe. maybe I did the stock like market. That. Well, that's fine. Yeah. No, it's the same thing. No. It's all fake money. We're not going to get into it. Stocks, <laughs> stocks are a little different. Yeah, this feels different. like we're breaching different yeah. territory. We're not smart enough to talk about. No, this. I yeah, guess absolutely it's all not. made up. Yeah. You're pressing the button, turn it on and off. It's it's whatever. Anyway, like the people who say that we should just print more money, it's all fake. Now that we said that, we're going to have someone coming on to our podcast and leave like a comment, being like, "Oh, you guys want crypto and NFT help? Here you oh, go. 100%. Call me up." I, I actually did it during the weed bubble though, when it got legalized. And like for stocks, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's I, smart. That's I invested very in smart. like this one that was like worth like I think it was like fifty cents at the time, and it ended up going up to like eighty five cents. I made six k on it. It was crazy. What? Whoa. Yeah, I've never I've lost all of it since then because I reinvested. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa! I hit you that. You should have just ended the story. Dude, there. I was, Come on, man. I was like, dude. I was like, let me reinvest this if I'm, if I'm doing this well, and I'm every other one so tanked. Good at bro. Stocks. Let me reinvest in everything else. Every other one tanked. So. Okay, that's a good end for the pod. <laughs> no, there's, on this for a while. there's one other thing. Oh, okay. Woj, while we were recording the podcast, oh. said that oh. the Orlando Magic have waived Bull Bull. Whoa. Get him on my Raptors right now. See, Couple I find it. <laughs> do you guys, do, how much do you put stock into this where people are like. Stocks? Oh, jeez. Yeah, stonks. <laughs> uh, stonks into people being like, why is. Bull Bull not given any run, but how is he any different than Victor Wambanyama? Do you believe any of that? Uh, no, because I don't think he has a skill level that uh, Wambanyama has. 
I don't think he's as nearly as good of a shooter as Wembenyama, but like, there's a tiny bit of me that sees. Have you seen it. that free throw form? Ooh, uh, baby. That's... There's a tiny bit of me that sees he's tall. He can. He's mobile. He can defend. I just don't think he has the same perimeter skills as a Wemby, but like, I don't know. Part of me when I read that, I was like, huh. I kind of see the point. I think he should get play, more playing time. I mean, he played 21 point. He averaged 21.5 minutes, and he only scored nine. Points. I thought you were say yeah, he was in an points Orlando points. team that has a lot of bigs. That's like, true. He, yeah, he's definitely shown some like interesting. I would like, love, skill. For, yeah, I'd love for him to be on a really bad team like the Pistons, and then just get some run there. Yeah, I, no, like, like it'd be fun. This definitely is gonna sound like very mean, and I don't mean it to, but like I'd be more willing to invest in him right now than James Wiseman. Like I just, I oh, I I don't know about that. I know you're so I, low on James Wiseman. I'm very low on James Wiseman as well. I don't know about Why that. Why does his name sound weird coming out of my James mouth? James right because no one talks about James Wiseman. No, it's. Don't worry, that's I, the one name we I, got right. Like, today. I never hope for that's a player cool. to do bad. I just like think that like James Wiseman just hasn't shown anything in terms of like what he can be in the NBA. So like, are you a Matt yeah. Thomas fan? Matt Tom, uh, I'm a Mr. fan of the Matt. I'm a fan of the Matt Thomas meme. Do you remember when everyone was like, "Why is Nick Nurse not playing Matt Thomas?" <laughs> this is what I mean with Raptors fans, man. Get a grip. <laughs> you know what Matt Thomas's legacy should be in Toronto? He's probably one of the best. Like. End of shot clock, end of buzzer, like, shot maker. That's it. Every time he got a shot off when the buzzer was going off for a quarter, he probably I'm almost positive he made, like, more than he missed. Like, I but think, that's it. I think his legacy should be that he was in the Nutcracker theatrical oh uh, my. Kyle show Lowry. with Kyle Lowry. Yeah, that's a good point. That is that's his Raptor highlight right yeah, now. We're getting into Matt Thomas talk. We have to end this podcast. <laughs> I kind of I'm intrigued by Matt Thomas talk. Dude, should we have a segment like that every week where we just highlight a player that everyone's forgotten Some about? Obscure. If it's about? obscure Raptors, sure. I got so many name drops yeah, for you. I, I got okay. a book. Do we want to start with one before we, we end the podcast? We just did. Aside from Matt Thomas, people remember Matt okay. Thomas. All right, this I got, guy's I got a couple of really good ones, but they're like mid 2000s. That's like, fine. We do can one. Only okay. We can only do we'll, one today. I'll, we'll do I'll one do, a week. I'll do one because there's a story I know about him. Carlos Delfino. Oh, bro, I love Delfino, bro. Yeah, I'm about to break your Shooters, heart. Shooters, bro. Apparently, no. apparently, not a good dude. No. And I don't like. Oh, I, I don't. I don't know this per se, but like, so one of my buddies, like, um, he was like, I was in like this mentorship program. He's one of my mentors. He told me like he liked he knew how much I like basketball, so we always talked about it. And he told me like, yeah, like one time I got an opportunity through a friend to go to like Raptors like locker room to talk to players and whatnot. And like everyone was nice. He's like, I'm not trying to bug any players. I would just be like, hey, how's it going? Maybe chat up somebody who's willing to. He's like, I remember like Carlos is just sitting there, and I didn't go next to him to sit to talk to him. I just like went and sat down. And then Carlos just like turned and looked at me, and he gave me like a glare, and like muttered under his breath, and he like walked up and just like left. Like apparently I was like really bothering him or something. I mm. was like, oh, is that it? Yeah, I was worried. Oh man, <laughs> let's go. I thought there was more. Bro, to that I was expecting that. some like bad allegations. No, or no, no, I don't <laughs> know. I was like, Carlos. oh my god. Apparently he's just a grumpy dude. I didn't okay. mean. I didn't mean to say that he should be canceled. Hey, oh, okay, okay. I've met a lot of grumpy people in my life. All right, I told you about yeah. the go train experience today. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was just. Ha- I hope he was just <laughs> having a bad day. You had the worst day. go train oh, experience ever. God. That was so funny. Yeah, I guess I can get into that. Anyway, you know, we can top end and end the podcast with like little chats. So, yeah, this was great. So. I'm tired, you know, had a long week last week traveling across Canada mm-hmm. and took a red eye yesterday. Didn't get a lot of sleep yesterday, to say the least. So I'm tired waking up this morning. I'm like, you know, what? I got to go on the GO train. I got to get back to Toronto because um, my flight did not go to Toronto. You came back. Oh, okay. So I came back this morning. No, I did not take the red eye I it, in today. I would be on I the floor. Daniel. 
a red eye. <clears throat> I heard that in the mic. Sorry, that that's crazy. That's, really gross. <laughs> that's gonna be on that's the really podcast gross. now. Sorry, I just had a, a digestion thing. Uh, what is a red eye? Sorry, a red eye is when you take off in one place. And because of the time zones, yeah, don't do that in the mic this time. Because of <laughs> Burpee, man, leave me alone. <laughs> because of the time zone differences, you arrive at a different time, most likely the next day or next morning. So I took off at ten o'clock Vancouver time, Vancouver, and came back at five thirty a.m. So oh, that okay. I lost math four hours. Yeah, three hours. I, I should have known that. that. You're welcome. So yeah, I was on a red eye. And so I'm tired. Anyways, go on the go train today. And I'm just sitting on the go train, minding my own business. And I'm like, you know what? I'm editing some videos. And actually, I was calling, going to call you. And I had you on the FaceTime. And I, I'll show you. Actually, I, I, can, I can pull this oh, up. Oh, is that why you called I, me? I can pull this up while I'm actually talking about it because it kind of actually works within this thing. So it, it kind of starts with you. So you're actually to blame for all of this happening. I didn't answer your call. I'm sorry. You're legitimately the actual reason that this all happened That's to me today. That's insane. I had no clue. So um, I'm editing my video. See this funny thing happen while I'm looking up at um, Open Gym. And I'm just like, oh, that guy looks familiar. On the Darko video that came out on Open Gym, just turn it over here that when I can me. get it. Yeah, so when I first watched this, I told JK, hey, none of us are in it, even though we were there, but I was wrong. Yeah, you were very wrong, because when you look at it more, if oh, it's coming up here. Just wait. This is so great for the non-audio yeah, audio listeners. listeners. We were watching the Darko Ryakovic press conference. There's a bit of a montage between Masai and Darko hugging. Oh, Jake it. is trying to find the part where one of us is in it, and he is struggling. I am struggling hard. Wait, uh, hold on. There yeah. is thing. Oh, I made it. Yeah. Yo, I'm massive, bro. Go back to it. I got to see that. Look at that little look stare that. you do there. Yeah. You look you so. Jake's, you do see Jake's yeah, ear. Yeah, the corner of me is in this with my roots backpack, you so you can really see funny me out there. I'm really squinting. You do. Yeah. You look a little like confused more than anything. Like, I just can't see. I, I have eyes that are extremely sensitive to the sun. Fun fact about me: like I, when it's sunny out, if I don't have my glasses, I'm basically eyes closed the whole time. You're fully squinting. Like you were like. Wow. You're like, are you sure about that? That's kind of the look you're giving. <laughs> so I saw this while I'm editing my video, and I was like, look at that sexy beast. I was like, I need to show him this. So I FaceTime him, and I'm like, oh, he doesn't pick up. So I'm like, oh, Zolfi was the one that told me that none of us were on here. Let's call Zolfi. So I'm calling Zolfi, telling him about this, enjoying my day, you know, having, having a nice chat with Zolfi. I'm not anywhere close to the quiet zone, okay? Nowhere close. I, I hang up. So, so, sorry. So this is during the phone call as well. She comes up to me. This woman comes up to me who was just with her husband, her husband, boyfriend, whatever. He was playing Switch, so he was just in the corner. Comes up. She was reading, reading her book, stares at me, and goes, can you lower your voice, please? And I'm like, okay, yeah, sorry, I guess. So then I, 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 Zolfi can probably attest that I got like a really quiet towards the end, like a little like, yeah. like, like taut, softer tone, like you know, speaking like this a little bit. <laughs> and I uh, hang up the phone after because it was cutting out. And then she comes up to me again, and she's just like, it's the quiet hours. Like, you're being really rude right now. Like, you need to be quiet or not be on your phone. And I was like, uh, sorry, I'm like, no, this isn't the quiet zone. She's like, I don't care. Were you downstairs? Yeah. She's uh, like, I don't quiet care. Quiet zone's upstairs, idiot. You're being really yeah. you're being really rude. Thank you for ruining my morning. And I was like, oh, my Whoa. God. What? What? I was so thrown off by this. And then- I was like, uh, okay, and then not even two minutes later, this other woman, because it was pretty busy on the go train, as it always is, usually during the morning, 
goes on and tries to sit beside her because there's usually four seats. And the woman straight up goes, uh, no, you're not sitting there. Go sit somewhere else and points to a completely different seat. And she just like little scared puppy dog was like, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. And just like scurries away. But I was so confused. So you know what? She if, sounds like a terrible person. So you're innocent, Jake. Yeah. You know, so if Car- Carlos Delfino can be annoyed by a random person coming in and sitting there and scoffing, I can be. I can see that happening with basically every other person in the world. All right. I don't think there's a better end off for our podcast than that. Story time with Jake after Zolfi's yeah, story time's fun. Zolfi's forget forgotten raptor of the week. I'm also famous now. So you are famous. Let's so if go. anyone wants to find out where Daniel is, it's 10 minutes and 18 seconds within the Darko video on Open Gym for the Toronto Raptors. Look at you. I'm gonna I'm gonna put screenshot that and make that a meme. Hell yeah, bro! So you're gonna become a meme. I do look very dissatisfied. You do look but dissatisfied. That's actually, not that. It's just I can't see. So. No, I'm, I'm sure you were dissatisfied. All right, you don't have to lie to us. Very it's okay. We're, we're all friends here. Let's end this podcast yeah. because we are officially over the two hour oh, mark. Man, everyone, we are just talk hey, nonstop. It's our tenth episode. We have to do something special. Yeah, for episode I agree. 10. And for our special tenth episode, you listen to us blabble for blabble blab. Blab? Or is it, I thought it was blabber. Blabble. Blobble? All right, let's end this thing. Yeah, all right. All right, let's let's plug our stuff. Yeah, I guess we can do this. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our 10th episode. I was going to get the 10 up here again, but I I don't need to do that again. That's okay. Uh, If you want to follow all of us, Spotify, Apple Music, the Dream Team Potty. That is us. The Dream Team. The Dream Team Potty. Potty. Gotta go potty. Gotta go potty. (laughs) Uh, Follow us there. Give us five stars. Give us likes. Give us everything. Follow me at Jake underscore S-C-H-U-L-Z-6 on Twitter. That is my socials. Twitter and Instagram. It's at Z-U-L-F-I underscore S-H-E-I-K-H. Our Twitter is at Dream underscore Team Pod. Download the podcast. Leave a review. We want those reviews. Let us know if you have any crazy trade packages like the one Daniel has. We already have Dan Skov. We need more people to add to the reviews. Yes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Raptors Vision. And, guys, I did something. What did, did you do? do? You I do? made an Instagram. Jeez. It's called Didi's Digital. It's my photography but Instagram. But it's not your main Instagram. I want to see the Instagram no, you where are not, you are going to no. get canceled on. No. You guys are not seeing it. Anyways, follow me at Didi's Digital. That's D-E-D-E-S Digital. Uh, I'm trying to like get hired for photography stuff because I need money. So please follow it. <laughs> no <laughs> like better it. way to say it than that. Please follow it, like it, post it, uh, and also follow my Twitter. Okay, you bye. questionable things to say. 20 subs and I will dox Daniel into his grant. <laughs> 20 subs? Yes. I'm pretty sure we're you past know, I'll that. Take that. Are we? <laughs> All, All right. right uh, 50 subs. 50 and, subs. I'll <laughs> and I'll dox Daniel's Instagram. <laughs> All right. That about wraps it up. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Spencer? We miss you. Come in, come Excited next time. to have you back next week. Bye, or guys. next pod. Peace.